You can now hear Movie Heaven Movie Hell on Stitcher. Stitcher is radio on demand. Listen anytime, anywhere. Stitcher is an award-winning free app that lets you listen to all your favourite shows, plus discover from 20,000 news, entertainment and sports shows. You can also create your own custom playlists. Stitcher is available on iOS, Android, Nook, iPad and in over 4 million car dashboards. It's on demand and it's on the go. No downloading, no syncing, no wasted memory. You can stream your favourite podcasts from Stitcher. Don't have Stitcher? Download it free today at stitcher.com or in the App Store. And please, leave us a review and rating on Stitcher. Thank you. Welcome to this Movie Heaven, Movie Hell podcast special with me, Keith Isles. And before you ask, where's Simon Aitken? He is here indeed today, but he is part of a panel, as in this particular podcast special, we have been doing what we've been talking about for a long time. We're going to talk about the film Blood and Roses, which was Simon's uh, directorial debut feature, uh, which was made in 2007. So it's not quite the 10th anniversary, but we're getting there. Uh, so we are joined by... I'm Simon Aiken. I'm the director of Blood and Roses. Uh, Brendan Monaghan, special makeup effects. Pamela Flanagan, and I played Alice. Ben Willywis, I wrote the script. Ben Green, I played Seth. Wow. So we've got the, the, the panel together here. This is a big moment. I forgot to ask you before we started recording, though. Um, we're we're going to get into spoilers on this, I guess, because yes. it's kind yeah. of hard yeah. to talk about the film without doing that. Um, so for any of you listeners that haven't yet watched the film, it is available on demand. So go and check it out now or buy a copy <laughs> off Amazon or do something to support it, damn you. Uh, Simon made this film before he and I knew one another, so uh, I got to watch it in prior to this uh, just to ask some questions. Um, I think the best place to start with this, though, is is if maybe Ben, maybe you could talk a little bit about this, just about the the genesis of the product. So I'll say Ben and Benjamin, yeah, to make life that sounds, easier. That's, yeah, all right. <laughs> yeah, okay, I can talk. So originally we were, we were working on a different film. I've, I've forgotten what it was called. Uh, it was monologue triptych. No, the feature. Oh, it was monologue right, triptych. Right. Oh, well, it wasn't it the escaping to the countryside. Yeah, yes, the, the refuge. That, the refuge. Yeah. That's it. Okay, so we yeah, that was the first feature script we were working on, the refuge, and that went through so many reruns, yeah. right? Like yeah. twenty or something. Um, but it was too expensive, so we we then put together another feature film, which I also can't remember the title. It was called which was... In the Valley of the Shadow of Darkness. Oof, so wordy. <laughs> and um, we did what, like seven drafts of that, yeah, or something. But again, that wasn't working. Too expensive. Okay. So then it was um, it was uh, Ashvin, wasn't it? Yes. Ashvin, who came forward with his idea for a vampire film, which was completely different from Blood and Roses, but he said, "Here's my idea," and then um, yeah, we just kind of. We took his idea and then just changed it up a bit. And you still credit him, I know. Oh, he's, yeah. He's credited at the end of that. It would never have happened if it wasn't for Ashvin. Yeah, I mean, the whole idea with Ashvin's story was that um, it was a wife who was looking after her dying husband 
and a vampire turned up at the door and said, I can cure it. That means turning him into a vampire. And uh, that was the whole story. The whole story was, it was like a, a moral play about should she do it, should she not? And literally you made that the first act. Mm. Mm. It was kind of like an Ibsen play. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so you took it and developed it. And am I right? It was originally called There Will Be Blood? That was my plan, yeah. 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 Some, Damn. Some kids. That guy <laughs> made yeah. a film. How dare he? Yeah. yeah uh. some, some guy by, called Paul. Yeah, yeah Paul, yeah. yeah. What does he know? Exactly. I the book was called Oil. What are you doing, Paul? <laughs> <laughs> there will be oil. Yeah. There you go. Damn <laughs> but um, that's funny, though. The, the title we did go with is actually uh, another vampire film. It's a Roger Vadian vampire film, yeah. That's right, with yeah. uh, lesbian vampires. Yeah. And uh, I know there is there is one viewer out there who was so disappointed that this film was not a remake of that film. <laughs> and then I also remember another review where somebody went, how dare they remake this film? I'm like, didn't, did slash, he... didn't know about it at all. <laughs> yeah. I think that was the truth. Yeah. Wow. Okay, so, and Simon, I've got to ask then, so what, what's prompted you to go ahead you you obviously made some short films yeah um but making a feature you know a lot more work a lot greater risk you, you know what what were your thoughts at that time it was just a natural progression for me because i'd been doing shorts up to that point for about must have been about eight years or so i mean there was breaks in between but um at the time i was doing it was like i back 2006, I was doing like a whole, whole series of work. My idea was that uh, from month to month that I would do something. And the original idea was to do one a month, but it just it worked out that I did a short film in January called Post-its. Then the next month I did uh, Jack and Jill, where I met Benjamin. Yeah. And then it was going to be Monologue Triptych was going to be the next month, which was uh, free films. But what happened was that it got pushed back to August. And so that's when we filmed that. And it was uh, on the set of Primero that I asked Ben if he was interested in, you know, writing a feature film with me because yeah. the monologue triptych scripts were was your work. Mm. And it was originally um, for a, a musician turned actor called Gary. Yeah. And it was called the yeah. Gary Monologues. Yeah. And uh, for some reason he didn't like them. Mm. He's a funny guy. Yeah. <laughs> he, won't hear, he won't hear this, I can say that. <laughs> I, love, I love Gary, but he's a funny hat. guy. Funny like a clown. <laughs> Fair enough. And, and how long, what, once, you, um, once you went into this, how, how long did the actual writing process take? Probably, I mean, including all the scripts, doing The Refuge and then The Valley and Blood and Roses, for over a year, surely, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I've yeah. just I've just realised actually as well because uh, I I don't want to with my questions I don't want to tread on questions that some of our listeners have actually sent in some questions and yeah. there was one for you Ben with regards to the script this is from Ryan Cole so thank you Ryan for sending this in it's but Ben what inspired you with regards to this story both in terms of the works of others and the decision to write a vampire film. Oh, can I, can I think about that for a second? No, the decision to write a vampire film wasn't my decision. That was, that was Ashvin and that was Simon. Okay. So that was completely outside of, of me. And then 
Um, Ashwin's idea was <clears throat> uh, the woman who's saving her husband, and then I thought that if it's kind of a, a vampire thing, there should be some aspect of saving, but it should be less pleasant. Mm -hmm. um, so, I don't know. So uh, then I started coming up with the idea of a lady who gets kind of saved by a vampire. That right. she has this, she's, she's down, spoiler alert, she's yeah. downtrodden and uh, meek, and then she, through vampirism, she becomes the strong, confident person that she could never be. And uh, I guess I was just thinking about relationship stuff, good mm -hmm. ones and bad ones, and the effect that different people have on each other in relationships as well. I think if you really, if you want to go crazy, you can watch Blood and Roses and imagine there are no vampires whatsoever. Just yeah. Imagine it's just how different people impact each other. Sure, sure. And, and I have to ask as well, based upon that, um, obviously, you, you know, you knew Simon was going to make this and it was going to be his first feature. So when, when you wrote it, how, how much of the sort of budget or low budget aspect did you have in mind? Quite a bit because we'd just gone through the first two scripts before and budget had been the, the issue every time. Right. So every time it came to um, different, a, a large number of locations or prosthetics or exterior scenes or whatever, they, they created a problem. So for Blood and Roses, we had to pare everything right down. Um, and the original idea was just to make it three people. And then that changed on like page four or something. Because it just worked better with more people. Um, but yeah, the whole time I was thinking about budget and keeping it down. But it, not letting that kind of constrain the whole project either. Mm -hmm. Wanted it to, <clears throat> to be bigger than the budget. Right. Way. But yeah, definitely thinking about that. Fair enough. And did, did you have that, um, the, the location where you filmed, was, was that sort of already in place yes. or yeah. before you started writing it? Yes. The, um, okay. So uh, I would have looked at pictures of it and then thought about what can happen in these places. <laughs> For sure. So fireplace. I'm sure, I'm sure I sent you a link to the place or something. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, there yeah. was always, yeah, when we yeah, were yeah. doing the refuge, it was going to take place there as well. Yeah. I mean, I... I was obsessed with swimming pools. I don't That's know if you remember right, this. Yeah. The place had a swimming pool. <laughs> and I was like, we're having a swimming pool scene. And uh, I think I wrote swimming pool scenes in every single script that we worked on. So I was like, there's got to be <laughs> some swimming pool in this movie. Um, and then it just never happened in Blood and Roses, which is a shame. Damn. That's right. The location was Merrifield Manor in uh, Liscard. And I worked there a couple of years before with Marisha. And... It was uh, for this feature film called White Admiral, uh, directed by Stephen Southhouse. And I just remember it being such a great location. I thought it was a terrible film, but great location. And uh, so I felt that that film had, had did it a disservice, really. It didn't use it very well. And so that's why I wanted to come back and uh, do the story there. Right, cool. And uh, Ben and Pamela, I want to kind of bring you into the mix, because... Uh, for, for actors, you, you, you're very quiet there. You've been very quiet, patient, listening. listening. You know, this very is great. as an actor to listen. <laughs> how did, how did you guys get involved in the, uh, in the process? As I remember it, and my memory's been proved to be quite foggy, as I remember <laughs> it, um, it was either um, the, the monologue triptych that was meant to be someone else because uh, I got that role. So no, no, no. Was, it was Monotriptic was always you. Right. So therefore, yeah. it was because from because 
what it was is um, when we met on Jack and Jill, yeah. we literally just met. Yes. And uh, afterwards, a few of us stayed behind for coffee. And you were the only one out of the actors I didn't know who stayed behind. This is true. So that kind of <laughs> made an impression. Ingratiated I mean, myself. Didn't, wasn't yes. there an audition somewhere in like Curse and Soho that we did for something? We met a lot of people in Curse and Soho. Uh, I feel like Ben was there. Benjamin was there. Mm. I, I, I'm, I met with uh, sort of a short list of cast members for um, Blood and Roses at the Curzon. Yeah, mm. I met you at the Curzon for my yeah. recall. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Memory. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you might, I mean, that was, it was funny enough, it was around this time as when the British, uh, when the London Film Festival was on. Because I remember we, there was like Reese Iffens and uh, somebody else sort of sitting in the Curzon and like nobody would look at them. It was like there was a void there. But uh, no, going back to, yeah. to Ben, no, you always, I always had you in mind for Monologue Trips. Right, and okay. we had such a good time on that that you were always going to be in the feature no matter what it was. Right, gotcha. Wow. So then I, it was, was it therefore not going to be Ashvin who was going to be the vampire, but he couldn't do it? Oh, right, yes, sorry. Um, Ashvin was originally, Ashvin wanted to play a vampire. That was yeah. one of the reasons why he did the story. Yes. Uh, the other story as well is his uncle died from cancer, so he wanted to sort of combine the two. Right. And he couldn't do it because his son was being born. Right. <laughs> now listen to all you people out there. This is how this works. This is how this stuff works, yeah? Yeah? Some guy gets it over you, and they get contractually obliged to be present at the birth of their child, yeah? <laughs> and so therefore you yeah. can step up and this is how it works. It would have been interesting. <laughs> if Ashwin had been the vampire, you would have been Martin. Interesting. So I guess I could say that I auditioned for the part a very long time before the film was actually um, even, even a, a twinkle in people's eye. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that's how I, that's how I came on board. Cool. I saw The Breakdown, I think it was on Mandy. It was Mandy, yeah. Which I've not looked at in years, but uh, yeah. <laughs> Got to uh, pay for Mandy now. Do you? Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> wow. Um, wow, yeah. So we had our first audition in the Welsh Centre, if I remember we right. We did, yes. And Marisha was reading opposite. Um, yeah, and then got invited for the recall at the Curzon. We chatted about Monologue Triptych, which I'd seen at some film festival. That's right. You called it the um, carrot film. The carrot film, I did. <laughs> yeah, you basically said you recorded that hard. You know what? You know what? I've forgotten the people had a thing about that. But, oh, God. How many bloody carrots? Yeah. Why well, do you need so many carrots? Well, I, I actually met up with uh, Stephen Cartwright at the weekend, who was the producer of Monologue Triptych, and he said, I can't believe how many carrots we cut up. Because he was actually cutting them mm. off in the background. When I turned up on location, the production designer turned to me and said, we don't have any carrots, so we've made it potatoes. And I was like, outside, I was all like, oh, okay, cool. But inside, I was like, no, there needs to be carrots. <laughs> he was joking with me. <laughs> oh, was that Tim? Yes. Yes, that was yes. Tim. Yeah. Yes. Oh, Tim was a good laugh. Yeah. I especially liked it when we were in the bath. He just kept going, oh, it needs to have more bubbles. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> He's sticking his hand in and start doing this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
things you have to do. After the tenth glass of red wine. <laughs> what are these carrots about again? <laughs> so basically the character's chopping carrots, right? Oh. It seems to be chopping carrots forever and producing a very large bowl of carrots. But it's never explained. Yeah, yeah it's never explained. I don't know, maybe I wouldn't bother thinking about a bowl of carrots. But for some reason, everyone's like, wow, there's a load of carrots in there. And I'm like, oh, all right. So well, there's yeah, yeah, obviously of symbolic of the struggle of the main characters. Yeah. 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 Well, I think we, we, we exchanged the carrots for a bowl of blood in Blood and Roses. Didn't yeah, we? indeed. Yes. <laughs> you drank from the bowl of blood. Yes. <laughs> oh, that was good. We, we, will, we, will, we will definitely come to that scene <laughs> and, and, the, and, and the effects and stuff for that. But before, before we do, just can you talk about the... Obviously, we weren't able to get all of the cast back, but uh, can you talk about how you found the other cast members? Yeah, sure. Um, well, Marisha got cast because um, I think it was a case of that um, I always do auditions with an actor beside me, so that when the actors come in, they have actually somebody who can act, and it's not just somebody going, and hello, uh, how are you? This is how Simon reads. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I actually have somebody they can act off. And um, I think Ashvin did a day and Marisha did the other day. Mm -hmm. And um, and so Marisha would act amongst all these other people, including um, actresses who turned up to play Jay. But none of them was as, as good as she was. And so in the end, uh, I offered it to Marisha. Right. And she, um, correct me if I'm wrong, but she'd done some horror films prior. Yeah, she had. She had done a lot. Yeah. She had done yeah. a she, she is actually, she is a proper screen queen. Mm. Uh, in, I think, the 2000s, she was just working so much. She was in a Sky horror series. I can't remember what it was called. Something to do with telephones. Oh. <laughs> um, I think Rick Mayo had a small part in it. As well. Oh, wow. Something okay. like that. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, you can look her up on IMDb. She's got a long list of credits. I watched a documentary about that Sky series, and they were like, okay, we need someone to run across the room naked now. Uh, and then Marisha was like, yeah, I'll do it. Yeah, I was going yeah, to I, I was gonna bring that up at some point, because obviously this was a low-budget film. I don't know whether you were paying actors or not, but you, you know, she was very game for doing all of this stuff, which, I mean, there's some quite uncomfortable scenes yeah. uh, in Blood and Roses, and, and and she seemed like, you know, she was up for all of that stuff, so... Well, if anything, there was probably the least amount of nudity she's ever done in a film. Really? Yeah. Okay. I mean, when I when I worked with her, she's just very comfortable with her body. Okay. Um, when we were working on White Admiral, I remember going over to where the swimming pool was. There's a swimming pool and a spa all in one building. And I remember they all had come out of the pool and everybody was like, you know, when they're covering themselves up and they're trying to dry themselves. And she was just standing there stark naked doing it with her towel out like this. Right, right. You know, and she just, it didn't, it didn't bother her at all. Fair enough. So I, I knew when it came to doing the shower scenes and stuff that she'd be quite happy to do it. But of course, Kane was also naked uh, for part of that scene as well, which a shot that was cut out, which I remember Richard, the DOP, kept going, do we actually have to do this shot? And we're like, no, no, yeah, yeah. And he literally walks out butt naked. And, but at the beginning of the shot, he had to stand by the camera next to Andy, the camera assistant. Now, Kane isn't a small guy. 
Okay. <laughs> Thanks, Michelle. Sure. I'm sure you're going to be really pleased that you put that on the, on the uh, podcast. Well, it's funny because it was like Andy kept saying he couldn't look to his right because all he would see was this thing hanging by his head. It would be wicked if he was like pulling, turning around. And turning yeah. out, yeah. Well, <laughs> pulling, so fo- pulling focus <laughs> took a whole new meaning. Yeah. That, that day, yeah. yeah. Um, and, 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 and sort of while we're on that topic then, yeah. I mean, how, how, because this is a low budget horror film, did you sort of feel under pressure to put some no. sexuality and nudity no. in no. it? No, no, no. no. It, it, had to, it had to be germane to the film itself. There, yeah. was, there was no kind of exploitation, there was no moment when I yeah. thought, oh, we need more blood, or we need more nudity. Or okay. if, if, yeah. if that was the case, then we would have probably had like um, Etta, the girl who's running through the fields, her top gets ripped or, you know, that'd be yeah. safe. That, mm-hmm. that would be the usual thing. Yeah, we, we, weren't, we weren't doing no. exploitation stuff. Yeah. Low budget for sure, but yeah. not exploitation. Okay. Well, I'm, I'm of the theory that if, if somebody has sex in bed, then they would be naked afterwards. It's just sort of the reality of it instead of them being, you know, fully dressed afterwards mm-hmm. or, you know, so when somebody's having a shower, yeah, makes sense. Yeah, yeah. And and, and showers you know, usually work well, better I when clothes aren't involved. Something but. like that kind of lends itself to the vulnerability. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. You know, it's not it's not like titillation at all. Yeah. It was uncomfortable nudity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. And what, and what about the rest of the cast? So we've got you mentioned right. uh, <laughs> Marisha. Yeah. Um, Kane. Kane turned up with his girlfriend. Um, we we split the two days of casting. Uh, one day was all the girls, and then one day it was all the boys. And so we were casting for uh, Alice and Jane the first day, and then it was uh, Martin and Ted the second day. And he turned up with his girlfriend, and his girlfriend went, it's all right if he audition. You know, he's an actor. He's just come back from the States. And we went, yeah, sure. And uh, he did a really good audition that uh, both impressed me and Marisha. So we were like... You know, he was sort of high up on the list. I mean, though, originally how it was written, the character was a lot older. It wasn't such a... He's, you know, he's actually younger than Marisha, isn't he? Because, <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, on the commentary, you mentioned yeah. something about there was at one point, which you don't really sort of touch on in the film in the end, but it was an idea that it was a, a model and a photographer yeah. that had got together. Well, that is correct, but we... They never really, we never really got into that, did we? No, they never say what they did. did yeah. But we always knew where they came from, how they met, yeah. all that kind of stuff. I think you have to know all that kind of business. Yeah. You can't just put two people together without knowing what their backstory is, whether you reveal it or not. Oh, actually, you're, you're prompting me now <laughs> for another question because um, our, our good friend Clive Asherden. Um, I'm not answering his brought, questions. Brought, brought up a question for, for Benjamin and Ben. Uh, he put, did either of you work out an extended personal history slash backstory for Seth? How long he'd been alive, stroke, undead for, when he became a vampire, etc.? And if so, what was it? Yeah, I, I did. Did you? Um, no. No. <laughs> <laughs> now, notice how I did a very good impression of Pamela then. Um, I think... Um, do you, do you know, there's as an actor, you, there are so many avenues you can pursue when, when taking on a character. For me, for me, the script is should be full of stuff. 
-hmm. it should be full of stuff you can use you know I mean I'm not a, I'm not a real method kind of guy um, to be fair I think imagination seems to be good um, sort of like the main thing um, and if you literally just sit down and read the script what is said what is not said it's in the subtext, all these things yeah. exactly it, it, it totally informs sort of it, it informs your decisions you know um, and so I mean it was very clear what Seth desired it was very clear what Seth wanted mm -hmm. and you know um, most of our walking you know walking lives we have needs and desires that pretty much trump most other things you know things that we want to get done things that we're pursuing things that we wish we could do even more and so it's actually it's actually a very natural kind of um approach I think if you sort of like read that and say he obviously met, you know he's a bit lonely mm -hmm. um, and that loneliness could have been from an exaggerated amount of time um, on you know and so he is looking for someone who, whom he could hunt with and that you know who doesn't know what that's like it's yeah. a very it, it, you know it's it, just because he's a vampire doesn't mean I'm going to have a problem identifying um, what that's like Mm -hmm. to be alone and to need someone to want someone you yeah. know if your 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 desire your what you know what drives you is to hunt and kill mm -hmm. as opposed to procreate you know it's 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 really the same deal yeah well you've you got just want someone to help you've got that line that, that that you obviously wrote ben in it about the um bit where you've got that apprentice and she can't do it and you uh, say that you're mm -hmm. disappointed yes which I thought yes, yes. is great. And like you said, in terms of that says so much about the character, but it's just one line. Yeah. yeah, so, I, I, and, yeah. You know, I think, you know, I was watching a thing the other day when um, the late Peter O'Toole was talking to the actor studio guy. And he was saying, you know, whatever happened to study? You know, just sit down in a room for like a good eight hours and read your script. You know that does so much, and the script was full of stuff. Yeah. You know, um, and you know, and, and little things as well, directions and stuff like that, can inform you as well. You know. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I know what you're, I know what you're getting at. <laughs> Sorry. Um, we'll, we'll, tough we'll, love. We'll, 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 we'll get on to some of Simon's direction. Yeah. I'm sure. Well, what about you, Pamela? Was there anything? Um, that you, that you did. I mean, I'm sort of asking Clive's question, but now to you, just any any research um, about your character? I did come up with a whole backstory, um, just because I thought, if for me, if I didn't know why I was friends with Marisha's character or how I had met Ted, then for me, it doesn't really make sense as a whole. So I had come up with the whole story that Marisha and I used to be models together in London and I had a drug problem and I'd gone to Ted who was my doctor and we'd fallen in love, it's so beautiful, until I was off the drugs and then I realised I didn't love him at all. Um, so yeah, it was, it was quite a tragic story in my mind. Um, so yeah, there was definitely research went in, but as Ben said, like there's so much in the script and you have to, that is what you're using to portray it, so that is, I guess, the most important thing. Yeah. Well, the, the, the conversation between you and her um, when you've just arrived at the, uh, at the place and you have that conversation outside and you're talking about, um, you, you know, your, your, exactly mm. how you ought to have an affair and all this sort of thing. I mean, again, yeah. that, that says so much about the character in a very 
short sure, amount of time. Yeah. And uh, am I right that there was actually more to that, but you mm. you ended up cutting mm. quite a bit of it out? There's, yeah. Well, there wasn't. I mean, that was it in the script, wasn't it? I think there was a little bit more. There was another. There was a bit as well between um, Kane and Adam. Well, that was yeah. the only thing that got cut because, unfortunately, Adam. My my cigarette got cut as well. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. What, literally, cigarette literally vodka. cigarette. Vodka, <laughs> yeah. yeah, the was it the reason? Yeah, it was the reason why she comes down to the kitchen at night after a, a nightmare is to have a, a cigarette. Yeah, um, she so she she, she comes down to lost. the kitchen. She she there's an old dusty package yeah. hidden like in a flower pot or something, which she takes out and then that was her sneak away Can't excuse. Why we changed that? Well, that was good. Man. Yeah. How <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that happened is yeah. Um. Brenton, I'm very, very conscious that you're sat there very quietly and I've not That's included okay. you at all in this That's conversation yet. Um, tell us a little <coughs> bit about how you got involved and, and exactly what you did on this, you know, for our listeners. Um, I was friends with Simon. We, we met through a mutual friend who I can't remember the name of. I can't remember either. I think she, she ended up being, uh, ended up with the sound guy. Oh God, yes! Oh, she was the makeup artist on. Uh, That's Jersey. it. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. Yes. Mm. Yeah. Um, oh, her. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I, I <laughs> lovely, <laughs> lovely. Um, and yeah. then me and Sam became friends, and we we we, uh, in, um, we spoke the same language, uh, film-wise, not you know literally, because um, that's English. Yeah. And um, vaguely. And yeah. and he liked horror movies, and I liked horror movies. And um, and we said we should work together at some point, and, uh, and I said I'd be up for that. And um, I ended up doing the uh, the cutthroat scene, right, for uh, on Pamela. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. which we will will come to because there was um, yeah I've got quite a few questions about that, but but we'll 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 kind of uh, I I feel that we're going in a sort of chronological order with this, so we'll okay. we'll, we'll, we'll hold but, that I mean, thought. There's, hold there's that thought. quite okay. interesting the run up. To, to the shoot because we actually had the actors come over to your studio yeah. to do the, uh, yeah. the mould yeah. of their teeth. Yeah. And, which yes. was funny because they had to go through this mould uh, process. process and in the end we just used veneers. Yeah, well, yeah. which which was uh, one of the options I mentioned but um, I'd never done veneers before, I must I must admit. But I, you know, was... I have to say, well, um, Sophie who came down she... to locations to do it, at first, it was a real pain in the ass. Yeah. They just wouldn't yeah. stay. In. Yeah. And even when we went to shoot the prologue afterwards, yeah. they still would not go in. That's why um, the uh, apprentice character played by Axel, you don't see her fangs because the damn things went stuck in oh, there God. when we were filming. They stick in there afterwards <laughs> for the photographs. <laughs> the actual filming, you don't see any fangs oh, because in the, it um, just went stuck in there. In, in the scene when I um, rip out. Um, Kane's throat in the nightmare, mm. and I spit it out. Teeth went out. <laughs> <as well. laughs> wow. That's why I didn't bear my teeth as I walked towards the camera because I didn't have any. Because <laughs> right. I'd spat them out with the with the with the piece of chicken. That meat was a bit tough. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, <clears throat> talking of meat, the bit where uh, Jane it takes the meat out the fridge. She actually ate that raw afterwards. Oh, that was actually meat. That, that was real meat. Oh, okay. We, we were gonna get like something else, and she said, "No, no, 
Raw meat's fine. Was it beef? So was she drinking the, you know when she tips the carton up and no, drinks no, the... No, no, no. <laughs> I was like, no, um, <laughs> Marisha's a white witch, so, but not a vampire. So just for the record. Oh, right, okay. Yeah. So, um, no, she doesn't drink blood. Right, right. <laughs> but she likes on meat more. <laughs> fine. Fair enough. And 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 is it um is it right? Again, I think I got this from either the behind the scenes or the commentary or something. But you tended to once you, obviously, you had this location which was great because you you had the cast and crew all in one place that you could kind of live in and film in. Yeah. Um. Did you tend to film fairly chronological? It worked out that way. Um. There was certain stuff we couldn't shoot. At the beginning, because uh, Pamela and Adam uh, were coming for the last week of the shoot, because um, the location we're filming at is like a, a holiday home, and they had a, a second building which was the farmhouse behind us. And for the two weeks, first two weeks, it was booked out to somebody else, but we had it for the last week, and that's because um, Pamela and Adam were both down for the week. Uh, we needed extra log lodgings for them. And in the end, we also used the farmhouse as part of the location as well mm -hmm. uh, for the dinner scene at the end of the shot in the farmhouse. And um, uh, Ted and Alice's house was also the farmhouse as well. So all that stuff, we had to wait to the end. But everything else was more or less because um, we had to shoot the f all of Ben's stuff for the majority of the film first because you were only there for the first week and the last yeah. week because you had a bad back. You had to go to hospital. Yeah. Because mm -hmm. um, uh, um, many years before, um, I, was a, I was a ballet dancer, I broke my back. And um, just before we were about to start filming, I, was also, I, I then changed tack slightly and became a martial artist instead. I was just about to do my, um, my black belt and um, I did my back in again and I had a partial foot drop which meant my foot didn't work the nerves were, were, were compressed nice. so um, the only time I could have this cortisol injection was slap bang in the middle of filming oh, so, that, yeah. so I was there for the first week and for the third week right and so yeah I had to go home, yeah. back, have the injection, and then come back again. Right. So we had to shoot all your stuff um, up to the up to the end part. It was the only the end part was the only bit that we needed to film with yeah. you. And but that was the way it was always written in the script as well, because uh, Seth's presence is more felt than seen, really. That's true. Yeah. So. Um, but yeah, I was amazed to think that he did the stuff like the slide. Your wow. People think we're you were on a dolly, but you that weren't. was my grace. Well, you tried you tried something on a dolly and we, it wasn't working, yes. right? Yeah. Um, the the problem was we didn't have enough track. Um, the idea was that you float. Uh, Seth yeah. floats uh, Jane into the living room. Yeah. And uh, we only had half the track, so we only had the beginning of it. It looked really good, but. And the door opened, but they didn't quite reach the door. <laughs> so it just, it just, when it came to editing, it just looked really stupid. So we cut it out. It's a little decline thing. Okay. And, and I feel we, we should mention, you know, okay, so we, we, we've sort of covered your cast and, and sort of how all of you here well, now. We've not really met. talked about Adam yet, have we? Oh, okay. Sorry. Adam played uh, Ted. 
He played Ted, yes. Okay. Talk to um, us about Adam. Well, um, Adam, it was kind of like the last part I cast, and he came in at the end of the auditions. And the thing was, he had a, a cold, so he had like a really deep voice. And I thought, wow, this, this, has got, this is a good sound for Ted. I just found, and then <laughs> after meeting him uh, afterwards, just realized he had a cold, so he didn't sound like that as much. Um, he, I, he sounded like the guy at the Guinness advert, you know, the tick after talk yeah. with the cold. If I could have had him have a cold for that week, it would have been, he would have sounded great. <laughs> but the thing was, he was really enthusiastic about the role, and a few of the other actors that auditioned for Ted, um, I could, I, I wasn't quite sure about, because we were going to be down in Cornwall, you know, cut off. You, you had to be with people that you knew weren't going to be a problem. You know, Absolutely, yeah. Because yeah. You didn't have trailers to go off to. You had to, yeah, exactly. Well, all work together. <laughs> well, we were cut off from everything. Yeah. Um, we didn't get a runner until maybe halfway through the shoot, and that was uh, Shauna. Mm. And, you know, we had like two students turn up for a day, and they literally did bugger all and then buggered off. <laughs> so, I mean, what, what did you, let, let, let's, let's, Go into this. What yeah. what did you have in terms of a crew? Uh, we had a camera department, which was uh, Richard and Andy, and then we had sound recorders uh, called Charlie. Then we had Stephanie, who was the production designer, stroke art director, and we had um, Sophie, who was doing makeup, and then it was the actors and myself. Wow, was it Ellie? Ellie did costume, but she didn't come up. Okay. She did all that was all pre-production for like the couple of weeks before we went up. She went around and got costumes and everything. Yeah, and how much pre-production was there then? I mean, you mentioned Brendan that um, the guys came over to your oh, uh, workshop, workshop for a little yeah. bit to, to yeah. get some of the prosthetics and molds done. Yeah, I mean, yeah. how 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 much before the actual principal? production was that I did the I did your life cast didn't I your mm. life cast which I still have ah fantastic um, have you still got the piece I do ah you do it's a bit dusty now but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't too much it didn't take too long I was actually in the middle of a couple of projects at the same time I was like doing two other yeah, films yeah was doing a film called uh, Chemical Wedding as it yeah which was funny enough directed by an old tutor of mine <laughs> yeah yeah uh, Julian Doyle that's so, it Julian yeah. Doyle yeah out oh, from the Panico yeah okay and then, and then I sort of it was in between um, and then I was just about to go to South Africa to do a, uh, another thing with, with the Billy Zane the Billy oh, Zane the Billy Zane right? a low budget horror movie again with, um, <laughs> with some creatures what was that called it's called um, Surviving Evil. Oh. Don't ever watch it. Okay. <laughs> it's all right. It's, it's it had probably a slightly bigger budget than this film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it was a million. Slightly. Oh, it was wow. A million. Wow. But I mean, a lot of that. It's almost a million, it's a million more, more money. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of that went to Billy Zane. Um, uh, yeah, the rest of it was. Uh, I mean, they actually started the. Sorry, I'm veering off slightly. Yeah. yeah. But they started the production without actually securing the finance. Right. And uh, so. We, we, we all realised that we were on a film that we weren't going to get paid. Oh. And Billy Zane called the whole crew and said, we're on strike. So we struck, we, we went on strike for two days on location. Cause the, oh. and, the, and he was like, had a massive go at the producers. Saying, how could you call us all out here without having even secured the money yet? You know, it's so dodgy. 
It really was. But they got they got the money in the end. But um, it, it happens, probably folks. One of the most stressful experiences. Uh, but anyway, yeah. Um, getting back on the back subject. Back to blood and roses. Uh, blood and roses. Um, that was that was lovely. It was a walk in the park. I literally, I did that effect. Uh, in a, in a, in a, I sculpted it really quickly and uh, molded it, and it was just it was quite easy to do. It's just uh, quite standard. Okay. Kind of blood tube and silicon prosthetic, you know. Mm-hmm. And it was lovely. It, it kind of worked out quite well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it and, really well. And Pamela, from your point of view, how? Because I mean, it, on screen, it looks, you know, horrific as it's yeah. supposed to. <laughs> um, was it? I mean, did you feel nervous with it? I, I was quite nervous when Marisha came towards me with an actual knife, oh, um, God. and I had real fear that I was yeah. going to get my actual throat cut. Um, it just felt really cold and I felt like I had a really fat neck, if that makes sense. Like you were really aware of it being there, but it wasn't, not in a negative way, just that it was there, yeah. if that makes sense. And then the tubes and then the blood and yeah, so it was... No. And did it, let me, I have to ask, did it, uh, the only reason I ask this is because um, I, I was involved in a horror film where I had my my throat cut and uh, a similar sort of contraction, yeah. I think, um, in play. And, and it just took forever to stop actually bleeding, to stop ah. actually, uh, producing the, the thing. Did you have any issues like no, that? No. No. <laughs> no, 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 we did. You remember the first take, it malfunctioned and it went down your yeah and then you had to sit there you had to do it again and then had to sit there with all this down you and you and you couldn't you couldn't change or anything Mm. and you were a real trooper because you never complained once about it it was sticky i bet yeah it took a long time to wash off Mm. the the difference is that we we just used this um we just used a syringe okay you, you your your rig had a compressor which um we didn't possibly possibly. I I don't remember but yeah yeah yeah, um, you just turn the compressor on it just pumps right it pumps at a rate that is like like a jugular yeah you know yeah and it just sprays everywhere you know but so I think I think that was I was going sorry it's just just a minor cut everyone (laughs) I think I'm going to pass out but it's all right um but yeah it's it's just a scratch just a scratch (laughs) I'll just lie there for a little American crew they loved it obviously (laughs) Uh, (laughs) excellent but uh, yeah, no, because because I mean this this I think this effect in in the film is really really works. I mean it could have looked so, you know. I think it was su- it was kind of a, it was a subtle one. It wasn't like a big giant blood festival. No, but you really the subtle. thing that struck me with it is it uh, you know often people are sort of hide that, but you yeah. actually I mean you see the cut. I mean it's mm. oh you know and. and <laughs> Yeah, it made me feel quite The way it was done, it kind of actually looked like it made the incision. Mm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. It made this good. horrible noise when you move your neck. Oh, yeah, 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 like gurgling. Yeah. Oh, really yeah. I, I remember when the uh, prosthetic was put on you properly, and you just said, what do you think? I went, and then you go like this. Just like and just this, <laughs> this oh, like, Chelsea smile yeah. that appeared in Brilliant. I loved it. It's really great. <laughs> and did you have... A like production manager because I'm just trying to sort of picture yes. the, oh, the, sorry. the, I've the got workflow. Sam. How did I forget Sam? Sam was a real lifesaver. Um, it was one of these weird things where I turned up. Um, I I turned up to a meeting with Richard and Lee Atkins who did the behind the scenes. Lee was only he turned up for on location for I think a week and a half and then he went back to London 
saying he had something to do and then he never came back. Did you get some lenses as well? Yes, he gave us the lens kit we used because mm. we were shooting with my Z1, but we used a lens adapter on it so that we could use Nikon lenses on the front so we could get that sort of um, shallow depth of field in mm -hmm. that cinematic look. Uh, but I went with a meeting to, with them thinking, oh, you know, we're going to talk angles, we're going to talk lighting, and the pair of them turned around to me and said, you've got to get a production manager. Got to get a production manager. Got to get a production manager. I'm like, okay, I'm here to talk angles. Uh, and at first I thought, no, I know what I'm doing. I don't need anybody else. Mm. Uh, but then thinking about it, I thought, well, maybe if I'll ask around and see if anybody knows anybody. And Ashvin had worked with Sam. And Sam's parents lived down in Cornwall, so she knew the area. And she was a real godsend. I mean, she sorted out the extras for the restaurant, for the pub we filmed in. And she made sure we had like call sheets every day mm. and um, any sort of problems we had, you know, Sam was there to take care of it. So yeah, I can't believe I forgot Sam. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it is, it is an important yeah. role because it is a lot different. I mean, when you sort of make your own shorts, you kind of end up doing everything to produce well, I, it. Well, I, I, I will admit I made a few mistakes and this was from, from the other feature that shot at... Um, at that location and uh, we when we were there we sort of took care of our own food people would cook but the hindsight that was a bad decision because uh, when we were shooting there the first time there was less of us and also um, it was it was just it was a hard thing to ask people to do after the long days we were doing and it was thanks to Simon the owner who he came up with uh, the woman who even though somebody wasn't happy yeah. about it. We, we forgot about John as well, on the crew. He wasn't there, but you know. John Henning Morton. Oh, well, we'll get, we'll get to oh, okay. the music. Oh, post-production. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Marcelo. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Remember, uh, Charlie used to complain quite a lot yes. about yes. the food. Yes, he did. Oh, Sorry. Really? Yeah, yeah. 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 you're down in Cornwall. Yes, you're not going to have, like, fancy rubbish yeah you're gonna have comforting yeah, food that was lovely that sustains you really good yeah. Yeah. surely you know, <laughs> three times bland. a day bland he liked to use that one bland yeah. and gruel he liked that one as it was well. mainly potato on a plate no, it was it was which yeah, is correct exactly. <laughs> absolutely no messing around <laughs> although that said there was one evening when you got to experience the culinary delight that was my I wasn't going to bring this up. Carbonara. Is this your cheesy yeah, carbonara? It's got <laughs> flipping cheese in it. Yeah. <laughs> you get the whole what crew nightmare. It's a horror film. <laughs> so it, it, was, it only it helped. Was, it was, added to it. It was such an experience that it ended up as being the, the name of the catering company that <laughs> provided the food on the company. Cheesy sure. dreams. <laughs> cheesy <laughs> dreams. Love it. Love it. Carbonara has cheese in it. If anyone's eating yeah. expecting not to taste cheesy. <laughs> you see, so now, now you're all warmed up a bit and laughing. I feel that it's time for another question from, from our listener. Okay. Uh, so one of our listeners, sorry. There's more than one. I'm amazed by this. I'm sure yeah. you made this up now. Uh, a, a guy called Barry Pinder uh, has, has asked the question for all of you. Um, how difficult was it to work with director Simon Aitken? So go on, land him in it. How difficult was it? Proper nightmare. No, it's all right. <laughs> um, it was, I mean, for me, I was, I was, I was never on location. 
Right, you didn't visit the set I didn't at all. Visit the set. I was doing a, a degree at the time. Oh, so right. Like, More important things, oh, yeah. obviously. Bit yeah. busy, I'm a bit busy, guys. <laughs> Bad timing. Um, but I guess we worked really solidly for a year. Yeah, there was okay. a lot of writing and reading and rewriting and meeting up in Costa on Shaftesbury Avenue. Um, well, to be fair, I'll say this as someone who obviously wasn't involved in the production at all, because as yeah. I said, I didn't even know you guys back then. But, um, you know, you can see you did a lot of work on the script because that that, that is the, one of the strengths of the film is the fact that the, the script seems quite well developed and, and the story itself is, is, is a good one, I think. And that certainly when you've got the, uh, you, you, you know, everything against you in terms of not having much money and, and time and all that sort of thing. You, you know, it's always about the script first and mm. foremost. So um, I think by the production, you've probably done your job to be fair. So um, yeah, I think on, um, on location, I mean, um, I think, I don't, I don't know, I don't know about you, Pamela, but, but me as an actor, I didn't feel I didn't feel much of the stress, mm. but I do know that it was very stressful. Yeah. You know, I mean, it, it shouldn't really be a surprise that people are doing 14 hour days on the no. low budget film, but it still takes its toll. Mm. Yeah. Um, um, that said, I only have one incident I could mention. <laughs> I think I know what this one's yes. going to be. Yes, I when we were doing one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And only one, because the rest was just fine. But, um, um, Please doing, tell us. It's not, it's not, it wasn't really bad. It was just, um, <laughs> we were doing this scene where um, uh, um, Martin and Jane are at a restaurant and Seth is at a table away. And he, um, and Seth turns around and catches Jane's eye. And I remember doing one particular take and it was like, cut. Simon was like, Ben, can you do that again? Could you just be more attractive? <laughs> <laughs> but, but I thought we'd established this, Ben. What he was saying was it was more of a... Could you be more attractive? Indeed. <laughs> ben, could you be more attractive? <laughs> <laughs> he was paying you a compliment. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> well, obviously, I took it wrong. And I, I'm so sorry. <laughs> Did you throw a bit of an actor strop at Absolutely this, not. That's not no. what I do. <laughs> I just reserve the right to go on a about it forever yeah. after yeah. he's yeah. looking for the word seductive that's what he's doing he's right. looking for it finding it directive yeah but I, I did come up with a better, I came up as a better direction <laughs> faster more intense no no no, 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 no. <laughs> I just, I just it, yeah, yeah. you don't understand we only had a certain amount of hours in that pub yes uh, they they were about to open and we were about to have customers in and we're doing this thing with uh, Ben, and it's just one of those—it's one of those unfortunate things where it's the whole point of the scene, it's the important shot, and of course we've left it to the last thing we're going to shoot, and so we need to get it, and we need to do it quickly, and it kind of, you know, feeling the pressure. Mm. Just to yeah, it doesn't feel like that on the screen. No, because that's not the take we used. Obviously, <laughs> yes, and I obviously responded to science constructive. Yeah. Yeah. He, he acted no, no, more handsome. I went, right, more attractive. No, no, okay, but, let, me, let me turn the dial up. <laughs> <laughs> but no, the direction I used with you was that I said to you, look at her as if she's your wife. And that was the take we used. Mm. So I got over being 
the pressure and sort it, of fan. I, yeah. it's, this is anecdotal, guys. It's not really a problem. I mean, there are many, many anecdotes we could go into about this. There really are many. And this is just happens to be one of them. Yeah, we're already but, on the production. So yeah. Yeah, exactly. Do you know what I mean? So, I mean, it, it, yeah, it was a very stressful time. And that time was, yeah. And, yeah, and um, there are other more stressful days as well. Yeah. Um, but Simon handled it well. And... And yeah. I think I only lost my temper once. Yeah. Did you have a first yeah. AD? I'm no. curious. You didn't? No. Okay, so you, you, you as the director then was looking at the time as well as trying well, to I create... Well, I think Sam your... was the unofficial first mm. AD, but um, anybody who's worked with me knows that I'm pretty quick. I'm, I'm not one for take doing like 100 takes. Mm. Uh, if I feel we've got it, then I'm prepared to move mm. on. Mm. Pamela, what was it like for you um, working for Simon Aiken? I actually had a really good experience and it was the first <laughs> filming I'd really ever done so it was completely different for me. I had only ever done theatre up till then and my main note most of the time was to be quieter because I kept projecting far yes. too much. So that's <laughs> a different skill set. Yes it is, yes. which I was discovering quite quickly. Um, yeah so that was the main thing, just to be quiet <laughs> yeah. and stop shouting into my mic. <laughs> um, which I didn't realise then too. But no, as you say, there was only one kind of stressy evening but um yeah i don't know what this is i think i arrived on yeah. yeah. maybe when i arrived yeah because it was the dinner scene so it yeah, the day you yeah. yeah. oh we'll, we'll get don't worry we're going to get to the dinner scene mm. trust trust me brendan what about you and oh, no, no, simon slag offs while we've got them in the room when i arrived i was expecting to be a big mess because it's a big thing to take on yeah it really is but when i got there you know he had a lot to juggle aside from Doing the film itself, he had to, he had a lot of politics that were going on, mm. and uh, I think he dealt with it really well. He was really good, really even tempered, and I really um, just just generally the way he brought all the elements together, and you know it was, it was a nice a nice oh, yeah. setup. And really I'm sure was. I'm sure Barry Pinder wanted to totally land you in it with that question, right? But, <laughs> I've got yeah. no, honestly, I've got yeah, nothing. I remember having a, a series uh, of stressful phone conversations with you actually. Yeah, spoke to each other a few times. On yeah, the, the middle week. It was, it was. Oh, yeah, yeah. that, that hard middle I spoke to a broken man one day. Oh, well, you want to sleep? No, I wasn't sleeping. No. You don't when you direct. You no, you don't. Sleep. No, I, I think I finally got like a night's sleep. Um, She's dreams. Sort of no, no, I, I, was, I, was, fortunate, I was fortunate enough that I didn't get much sleep to experience that as the rest of the crew. Yeah. Um, no, um, I think I got to sleep. I think on that last week, last last week I was kind of more settled into it, and I think it was just pure exhaustion. You finally got a bed in the last week as well, didn't you? Uh, well, I started off. Uh, there was this weird thing about the sleeping arrangements because um, I wanted the room downstairs, and the camera crew went, "No, we're having that room." And I went, "Oh, okay." And then you and me ended up in the. What ended up being Jane's He's bedroom. pointing yes. to Benjamin. I was totally right. I actually just camped on the floor, a little corner on yes. the floor, and that's where I stayed. And then now, we had I, so with I, a bad back. So I had the double bed, and then Marisha joined us, and then <laughs> <laughs> because she moved out of the room with uh, Stephanie, and then. 
uh, and then Sophie moved in with. Uh, it was we we're just juggling the whole time. Mm-hmm. I think Kane was sleeping in the same room with Sam, and and um, I think Sophie was in there originally, and so it kind of it, it worked its way out. But the the problem with that room was uh, they had an old radiator system that was um, heated by the Nagra, yeah, yeah, yeah. and so the thing was. Um, of course, it, it, that room was always hot, right. and you couldn't open the window or anything. And I think that was part of the problem. Okay. And so there were the, much one other one other criticism I did receive from Simon was about these sleeping <laughs> arrangements. I don't snore. Apparently, I breathe too loud. How <laughs> dare you breathe? I breathe too loud. And he couldn't sleep because I was breathing too loud. Wow. Uh, wow. Oh, yeah. There we go. It must have it's been the fans, right? Because you <laughs> wore them the whole time. There, there was that, and there was that bloody donkey that would go off in the morning. There was a farm next door. Um, oh, I thought you were talking had... about what's his name again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Adam. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Adam. No, 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 no. You were, to- you were talking, you were talking about the size of someone. Sorry. I oh, you... <laughs> okay. <laughs> Oh, uh, bloody donkey! <laughs> 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 Wake up, Simon! As, it, as in dumb like, you know. <laughs> bloody that would get me out of bed. Yeah. <laughs> but, but to go back, go back to Pamela's point uh, about I had I didn't Front have a bed horses. was uh, when Pamela turned up. I had actually moved into the room with Sam and Kay, and I was sleeping on the floor on a like a blow up mattress. And was I actually was finally getting some sleep, and it was just you know that room was just it was too hot in there. I just couldn't I couldn't get any sleep, and also the fact that every night the next day was sort of playing in my mind what we were going to do, and and so okay. best piece of advice I've I've heard recently for any wannabe directors is just learn to sleep anywhere, sleep mm. in a car, sleep on sleep Stand on set, yeah. yeah. Because that's one of the things that's really precious. Between action and cut. Yeah. <laughs> just, just snooze. You're no good to That's great, that's great, that's great. Move on. You're no good to anyone if you don't get any rest. Yeah. yeah. No, it, it, it is hard, particularly when you push for time and, and well, budget. And the, if, if you listen, to, if you watch the making of uh, that uh, Lee shot and uh, Rob Wickens cut, um, Kane goes on about my directing style and it seems my directing style was if it was good I wouldn't say anything but if it was bad I would have a word yeah that's true <laughs> yeah, to be fair though quite a lot of directors work that way I mean it, it depends if it's if actors need some actors like feedback others actors don't need mind it yeah, yeah what, do you mean, what do you mean what do you mean what do you mean cut yeah what do you mean I'm, I'm not done no that's cool um I want to talk technically a little bit because obviously you said that you you shot this on HDV, right? Yeah. But you use the uh, adapters to put thirty five mm lenses and stuff on. Yeah. Um, I mean that is very apparent. Like for example, in the pub scene that we've mentioned, you you you've got some great stuff where you've got you know your actress in focus and yeah. everything behind her out of focus, depth of field and all that. Did you have any problems with that with that kit? Yes. Did. That was down to uh, Lee. Uh, he didn't provide us with a spacer on the adapter, so the focus was always slightly off. We actually had to go back and reshoot a whole lot of stuff because the focus was uh, soft. 
So like the, uh, we know what originally was going to be the opening shot of the car broken down by the side of the road, the big wide shot. First time we did it was soft as anything, so we had to go back another day and, and shoot them. But thankfully, we actually had the time to go back and do that stuff. Okay, and you didn't get like vignetting or anything from that adapter, because uh, right, no, uh, the, the only problem was that everything was upside down. Right. <laughs> so I actually had a monitor, and but it was a CRT monitor, so I'd have to flip it upside down, but then all the color would drain from it. Yeah. And of course, that would just make. If I kept doing that, it would make the monitor kaput after a while. So yeah. I, I, I learned to sort of look stand at it upside. On his head. Yeah, I, look, I would, <laughs> just... I would stand over it and look at it upside down, just so I could see. From there, it's little vignetting on a very wide lens. A little bit, but not enough, and not enough, can. not enough for people to notice. No. Okay, and I want to talk about your um your DOP a little bit because oh, um I mean what one of the things with your location. That I, that I thought you did is, is of course it was part of it was to, to house the cast and crew and kit and all that sort of stuff but you did a very good job of capturing a lot of the location because you have a lot of those shots where yeah. um, you've got you know the actor walking through the, the and you see all the sort of depth of the home and then you've got that sort of high angle shot where you see the whole living room area um, I mean was this sort of thing planned before you went to the location or was this something you came up with on the day how, how did you tend to work with your dop and designers um, well i think a lot of it was made up on the spot i did like do a shot list and stuff but in the end it kind of got thrown out the window um down to the location um we never really showed the left hand side of the house so we were always on the right hand side so um the main living room the staircase, the kitchen, the bedroom was all on the right hand side. And so when it came to the um, it's like the big dining room scene and stuff, that was in the farmhouse. So if so we could always store everything in the left hand side of the house and never worry about, you know, oh, is there a, a, a casing shot or you know, has anybody left anything of theirs, you know, in the scene. Uh, so that side of things it was always good. And you know, People always willing to, to move stuff and and so um, and Richard Richard did a really good job sort of lighting it and uh, you know and shooting it and everything. I mean, he's, he, one of the things I liked about Richard was his set setups were very quick. He, he would work very quickly. I mean, we did have a few disagreements about shooting. I mean, very the very first scene. Um, he wanted it to be like a point of view shot from like in the woods. Yeah. And I said, well, it's a vampire film that he, the vampire wouldn't be out during the day and it's shot through the woods. It looks like a POV shot. And so I, I remember that was the only sort of, uh, sort of big disagreement. I mean, we were there for, I think about 10 minutes sort of discussing that one, which is sort of rare for me because usually we just sort of get on and do it. But um, one of the things I think he accomplished quite well and, and you know I know how difficult this is with when you haven't got a budget or much of a crew or a lot of kit and stuff is you know a lot of this film is set at night but he but he sort of managed to light the dark in quite imaginative ways yeah. um, you know the sort of moonlight type it's, it's so funny I read a, 
a review on Amazon recently where somebody was moaning about the lighting. He said, oh, they look like they've got a skylight and just used that for the lighting. And I, don't, I think that's a compliment to, to Richard's lighting that they actually thought it was naturally lit. And it wasn't like a big, like, I think it was um, certainly sort of uh, redheads and blondes that he was using. And you said they had some dado lights that he was I, able to I, sort I of bought a, spot. I, I bought a set of dado lights that turned up locations sort of the third day into the shoot. So we were able to sort of put those up like in the fireplace and stuff like that. So we could just, so that scene where um, Seth seduces Jane mm -hmm. and they had their kind of sex scene, the biting scene in front of the fireplace. I mean, a lot of that was lit through the, the, dado, the dado notes. <laughs> it's mouthful <laughs> Dido. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean I, that. Well, I I think the scene uh, when they're talking in the bedroom, when she can hear what's mm. going on, I yeah. think that's particularly nicely lit. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. I mean, I like the stuff when she she wakes up and uh, from the nightmare, and it does look like it's uh, moonlight. Moonlight. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, well, it, it, yeah, he didn't do the classic mistake or well, mistake artistic choice of putting you know the blue filters over it yeah. and having that sort of blue wash, which I think is okay um, if it's used with intent. But yeah. the way he went was well, a that's tad a, more that's realistic. That's a stylistic choice. Yeah, really. that's like the, the I mean, works really well, with Manhunter. But I yes. don't think would have worked that well in this film. No, exactly. But um, I mean, I said this one at the screening. I said that this looked ten times better than I thought it was going to be because I. It was my camera. I knew what the, you know, what it could do, and you know, I figured everything would be in, in focus. So seeing that it actually had like a cinematic look to it, it was it was a great well, surprise. You, yeah, I mean, you made this film. You know, if it was two thousand and seven, you it was kind of that. That was a funny period because it was that sort of slight transitiony period between. Um, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know where well, you, you we, have the, DV cam. Well, the thing was, then... the red one was just about to come out when we were filming. Right. And if we got the red one, oh my god, the film would have looked so much better. <laughs> it would have looked. It would have looked. And the budget like, would have tripled as well, yeah. right? <laughs> well, yes, there is that. Yeah, and <laughs> also I think time-wise as well, because having shot the red one, it is like shooting on a big old film camera. It was about the size of one of those old Panavision cameras. So it would have been, yeah, in hindsight, it was probably better that we hadn't shot the red one, but it wasn't even out. It was, you know, people were talking about it. Yeah, red one. yeah that, that sort of dig yeah. digital cinematic cameras weren't yeah. quite there yet, and That's you were it. on that. And this, is, and this was, was well before the, um, the Canons, the 5Ds. Mm. Yes. In the 70s and all that. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, because yeah, at the time, Fincher was using um, the Viper, wasn't he? Which was like 2K. That's right. Which looks... I think he was the only director that knew how to use it properly. Because mm -hmm. uh, I don't think Michael Mann didn't use it very well. 
That's just because he used it on um, Miami Vice. Uh, yeah, and, um, and then also yeah, the Academy number one is weird with that. Look. Yeah, it looks it's like weird. an episode of Hollyoaks. Yeah. Yeah. But it's set in the thirties. <laughs> well, the, 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 the quality the, of it though. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I found I found like with um, Miami Vice, I thought it was kind of exciting. Yeah, yeah, I guess it, it works, works in a contemporary well, thing. Right. You know, and I'll, yeah. We'll put it this way, folks, if you're listening, that's a whole other podcast. <laughs> yeah. A whole podcast on Miami Vice and our appreciation I will for it. Quick, yes. very quickly say that on Collat- I almost didn't go and see Collateral Collat- because of the look of it. Mm-hmm. But actually the movie, the, the writing and the direction and the acting speaks far louder than the look of it. Yeah. But it kind of works. Well, it's also he mixed it in that one. Yeah, he did. Was, he did. Yeah, there's a bit of film and there's a bit of, Yeah. But then again, the the night stuff shot with the uh, digital camera looked great because mm. that was the first time you actually sort of saw the glow from the head, you know, from the street. Lights. It looks so, like LA. It yeah. looks like LA. It makes yeah. it a lot LA. It really does. Yeah. Even though it's a bit sort of after, you know, sort of after imagey, but that kind of works. Yeah. Uh, when I saw the trailer, I didn't think that would work, but it does. It's such a good film. Yeah, yeah. it is a great film. Yeah. Yeah. Now we also talk about that one on our Michael Mann podcast. This is great because we're lining up all the plugs for any new listeners to go back and visit our back catalogue. Lots of segues. Um, whilst we're, we're still talking about production then, I, I really feel we need to spend a bit of time talking about the dinner scene because that's obviously a very key scene in the entire thing. Um, and you took a bit of a... An interesting approach to that, especially from a lighting perspective. Can can you sort of tell us a little bit more about that? Well, that came from Richard. Richard was like, um, I I think these two scenes need a different look to them. Um, Because I I think the the plan was that it was all going to be like it was done by candlelight. He said, well, let's, you know, it's... These are two long scenes because, in sense, they kind of you've got the first part, which is they're all sitting down to dinner and having a lovely time, and then you've got the second part where it all goes to shit, mm-hmm. <laughs> where they're all there and you know the truth finally comes out about what happened. And so it was Richard's idea of saying, well, why don't we just change up the lighting a bit? You know, we have the first one; it's all candlelit, and then the second one we make it more sort of uh, general lighting. Yeah, I think that was quite. I mean, you know, you know, some people would have gone the other way with it, and I think it's quite an interesting choice that, that you you sort of went that way. And um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I think because the candlelight stuff makes it a bit more, you know, romantic, and you can, you know, you figure people, you know, it just sort of that kind of, you know, it's dinner, it's you know, atmospheric, uh, you know, it just it gives it an ambience. Yeah. And I have to say, the the acting in it is great. I mean, Marisha is just so kind of, I would say, devilish in it. Well, she they, changes completely. Well, you know, quite, as she's supposed point, yeah. to. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you, you know, um, and you, you splashed out on an expensive dress for her, didn't you, for that? Wow. Is that not? It wasn't that expensive. Oh, I, th- I, thought, it, it, I thought that's it, where it, some of your budget went. That, that's what he told the tax man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, we don't have many tax um, man. No, that was thanks to Ellie. Ellie looked high and low to find a, a, a dress uh, for that scene, and finally she found one, a within budget. I'd say um, Ellie Badowski, brilliant costume designer. 
Uh, it's just, it's such a shame that a lot of the people who worked on this have kind of, you know, disappeared. I don't know what they're doing. I mean, Ellie I kept in touch with for a while afterwards. Stephanie as well. Um, Richard, um, after we did the prologue shoot year afterwards, after the main shoot, he kind of, he just went off and he did, his, he was doing his own thing. Uh, you know, once the once the film was completed and everybody saw it, you know, uh, Marisha, you know, was off doing her own stuff. Uh, Kane didn't like it. I mean, I literally, he literally came out the screen at one point and he was really upset. And I said, let's go back in and watch it. You're really good in it. But he just didn't like it. He thought he was the hero. Right. You know? That's a shame he didn't like it because I have to say, from, from an actor's perspective, that's a great role particularly for your first film. Yeah. It's um, a bloody awesome role. And even though <laughs> saying, you know, oh, I thought I was the hero, it was the perfect way to play it because a villain doesn't see himself as a villain. And he certainly didn't see him that way. And, you know, here's some, some marvellous moments in it. I mean, there's, you know, there are a few moments in it where he's tripping over words and stuff, but, you know, this is his first time doing a feature film. It was the first time for all of us doing a feature I, film. I've got to ask about the Roy Rogers t-shirt. I was always kind of distracted by that. <laughs> yeah. What was all that, that about? Was, that was Ellie again. Okay. I mean, um, she had carte blanche with the costumes, wasn't it? I think, I think it was like one, I, I think my, he ended up wearing my trainers because he didn't have a pair of trainers himself. I think that was the only thing I donated to the costume. And maybe we had like a the grey t-shirt that gets covered in blood. I think uh, one of them was mine. Because I actually did a bit of um, stunt doubling for him. Because um, the scene where he goes down... And falls... you, didn't, you didn't even have the long hair then, did no, you? No, I didn't. It is actually Kane who does the fall in the film. But I was the one who tried it out first. Oh, down the stairs. Down the stairs. So yeah. if it gone tits up, I would have been the one going to A and E and not came. But uh, <laughs> like any director should. Right? <laughs> That's good. But yeah, um, yeah, uh, Kane. I've not heard from for ages. Ah, that's a shame. Uh, I don't know what Adam thought of it. Um, yeah. I but think, it, um, yeah. I mean, this is the thing with filmmaking. Sadly, particularly when you're doing something where you are in a a location in the middle of nowhere is is film crews you do you sort of bond really quickly because it's such an intense situation that you you forge relationships that would normally take years yeah. to form mm. but then you get that sort of post-production blues thing mm -hmm. where mm -hmm. life carries on and yeah. people go off in other directions and sometimes you never hear from them again and sometimes you as you have with Benjamin here and, and Ben as a well all of you guys I guess mm. you have sort of ongoing um, collaborations and, yeah. and relationships moving on but I want to talk to the actors then about that that dinner scene because obviously from from your point of view Pamela that's kind of your your the, the key scene that you're in in the yeah, film absolutely. but also very very important for you in it as well Benjamin so I just how, how was that? that to I, film? I have to say, this was the one for me. This was the one tough part. Yeah, because I mean, uh, it, it, it was winding down. It was coming towards the end of of, um, of the whole shooting, and I think everyone was just at the end of their tether. Mm -hmm. And um, it was a really tense 
and I don't think this, you know, I don't think necessarily it was it was kind of like good tense. It was tense. Yeah. As I remember it, I don't know yeah, if, if you remember it that yeah, way. I remember being, it was it was particularly yeah. tense. We got yeah. remember that day we filmed all day. Yeah, we've every we've done all the garden stuff and um, the stuff with um, oh, I can't remember. We did a lot that yeah. day. I mean, yeah, I, yeah. I remember six six p.m. in the evening sitting down having a beer, thinking, "Oh, that's it," and then realizing. Oh shit! I've still got another day of film, another yeah. evening of filming yeah. to do. That's and, always the and, way. And it comes off the back of just of doing another long day. Yeah. yeah. So that was literally a night shoot then. Yeah. Yeah. Back, yeah. Back. yeah. Yeah. I think the, we started at like eleven o'clock or something. It was. So and are you yeah. saying that that same day then you had done you'd done the scenes outside? The, you know, which is really early in the film as well. You've done those scenes on the. Oh wow, okay, that's good because yeah. you yeah. never would have guessed that that. You know, <laughs> which is good. Yeah, because yeah, the character means true. the character development is there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, and, and like Simon said, even then, even then, when you're getting into the night shoot and you've done like four hours of night shooting, you still have yeah. more to shoot. Yeah. yeah, you know, and you know, your actor, you, the actors come in, we do our stuff. Yeah, but there's still more to go. Yeah, you know, you've got to get. You've got to get this angle and this and that and the other. Mm. Um, so yeah, came into the um, came into the evening and the and the atmosphere was definitely tense. And there was a particular point where it just broke down a bit, didn't it? When we were, well, it was the drinking the blood. It was the yeah, the blood, and everybody just started laughing. <laughs> oh really? Yeah. 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 Okay. It was like Everyone a weird hysteria stuck, yeah. thing. And it was it was because of this noise, and it was whatever way you were swallowing the blood. I'm sorry, that's such a disgusting thing to say, but it made this horrendous noise. Oh, um, sorry, we just saw sort of talking. Okay. Um, well, no, that was that was the night before. Was it? I want to hear, I want to hear more about this noise. That was that was what started me laughing anyway, yeah. and then because everyone yeah. got a bit hysterical. What were you drinking? What actually? I wasn't was drinking it? nothing. I was just pretending to take a sip from the. I wasn't actually. Oh, because I thought you it's had like blood round your chops when you finished that. No? Okay. Just, I just pretended. Oh, okay. So obviously That's it touched my yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it was like it was like that that more attractive that, that, that lesson I learned the, yeah, off yeah. of Segundo. Yes. 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 Having drunk ten glasses of wine. Always <laughs> um, yeah. a good lesson. Yeah. I was gonna say, had it been red wine, it would have been great. Right? Yes. It would have been like a nice Rioja. Or but something. yeah, there we go. <laughs> yeah. I was just taking a sip from this bowl, and just mm. people just kept laughing. Yeah. And well, I'm there, not, there was, you know, there was two main culprits. It was Charlie and Richard. Who, yeah. They they were they they seemed to be the base of the hysteria just spread across the rest mm. of the crew. Yeah. And the two of them literally had to go outside and they carried on laughing, didn't they? Yeah. Yeah. Maybe it was just they were just, so crazy if they'd think, been. But yeah, I think it was a case yeah. of that. Yeah. This, yeah. this stuff happens. It's not yeah. like you know. It's not like pouring scorn on it or anything. No. It's just one of the, the yeah. problems you sort of like face with. It's just that when you face it at three o'clock in the morning. Yeah, yeah. and also just... and, al and also for an actor that's massively distracting. Yes. Also, so yeah, it, I, I, it, I get it. It took a while to sort of calm down and yeah. get back to normal. I think it was needed though. Looking back, I it kind of broke I, the tension. Yeah, it did. I mean, there was. I think one of the things uh, that pissed the crew off was that. Um, Marisha was singing in between takes. Yeah, she was singing the um, the pilot pilot song from Jesus Christ Superstar. Oh right. And yeah. it, just it, thinking it, it would I, chill everyone. Not method then. I think, <laughs> who was it that told her to shut up? Was it Sam? I think it was Sam. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. She came out and told me this, and I went in and I just went, right, who the fuck told her, you know, to yeah. shut up? Because, yeah. yeah, it's been I mean, nine years, I've heard nothing about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, nothing. See, right, the writer is oblivious yeah. to all these production yeah. problems. I think yeah. that was the night I arrived. It was. I was going to say, yeah. I was gonna say yeah. to you, Brendan, obviously you were there mm. this night, because yeah. it, was your, it was your main effects. Yeah, yeah, she was going to do the next day. So, yeah, I just got there to sort of. I was just watching at this point and uh, watching. Okay, so the, so the actual cut the was done the following day. Yeah, yeah, the following yeah. night. So right, uh, you turned up and we were filming the uh, candlelit scene. Yeah. So that oh, yeah. was that was a bit with Marisha, Ted, and Alice, and then your work was the following night where yeah. it was everybody around the table. And uh, but yeah, I mean, once that was done, I think. I think after that it sort of eased a lot off because we were then just in the the final couple of days of shooting because we had half day shoot the next day just because uh, Richard was going off to it was the TIFFs the TIFF Awards which mm. is the Independent Film Awards down in London so he literally jumped on the train and gone back down to um, to London and Andy took over and I think. Um, was that he came back the next day and that was when we were filming the scene where um, Ted received the phone call and Andy was like having to um, to light the scene as the sun was going down of of Alice, of yeah. Pamela and he just kept changing it, he kept changing it and he just wanted to get great and perfect and stuff and then finally, once he was happy, we rolled and Ted goes, uh, dinner? And you go, yes, please. And it just looked back in your book. And that was it. And then he goes, what? <laughs> <laughs> it's been so long. <laughs> oh, oh, and that oh. shot does look great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Without that shot, yeah. the whole thing just falls The DOP just blames the writer, saying yeah. that there wasn't enough material. Oh, but. Um, <laughs> DOP could have taken a glance at the script. <laughs> but of course, the one thing all of you guys missed was in the middle of the week when uh, Mark English turned up. And Mark English is a ghost um, uh, investigator. Oh, right. And uh, he actually brought some of his equipment with him. And um, I think they did a seance. Now, I said you could not do it in the actual manner itself because if there was ghosts there, they were leaving us alone. I didn't want to piss them off, so they did it in the farmhouse. And I believe it was um, it was uh, Stephanie Sophie uh, Etta who played the uh, the girl Moana Lane Lane, Lee and Richard. And I think I wasn't there, but I, I I do remember that Lee kept going. Is that a ghost? Is that a ghost? Is that a ghost? <laughs> and Mark was going, No, it's not. <laughs> fluffy dice in the car. Yeah. Is that a ghost? Is that, is that a ghost? <laughs> no, fluffy fucking I can't see Mark and Lee being the best of buddies. No. Mm. It's hard, isn't it, making films, all those personalities and stuff. But I mean, it's interesting. I think that you said that there was tension on that because that that scene actually really works and maybe the tension helped maybe uh you know it's that odd thing isn't it um i do i do remember this is the the, the second occasion where my um my abilities were called into question by uh 
by a, a, a co-star. Um, I wasn't scary enough. Oh, fucking Kane. Oh, yeah, I'm like, he's it's not scary enough. I'm like, no, because he's being too, he's too busy being um, uh, attractive <laughs> to be scary. <laughs> scary, attractive. Ben, could you be more more scarily attractive? <laughs> well, I don't know. He acted scared, so yeah. Ah, uh, well. But I mean, I mean, the thing is, when you walk in that door, you're the man. You fucking own that scene. You know, the man. The man. Yeah, no, I mean, I love your the delivery of um, Martin. I'm taking your wife, yeah. Your wife is coming with me. And he goes, What? <laughs> <laughs> Do what? Do what? That yeah. line gets a laugh. Um, and Brendan, you already you already mentioned that there was there was a slight technical problem with the net thing the first time round. Is that right? Yeah, but I think they something um, that the outlet was not. Um, released enough and it just kind of filled up in the in the prosthetic and it just sort of leaked out the bottom where the, where the wire was so I fixed that I fixed that remedy and, uh, and it worked, worked yeah no, it, it works great it's uh, yeah, just, uh, <laughs> yeah I made a little I made a little air bladder okay. that that, uh, that just fills up with the, and it's got like a little slit in it so it fills up and it just over, overflows all evenly around the, the cut right so that's a good effect. It was it was the basics, you know. But really, it worked. You know. Really good effect. Yeah, Thank no, you. Thank absolutely. You. I think it has a lot of extra power because up until that point there are there's very little blood. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then yeah. so you are just not expecting it, I don't think. Yeah, it's a bit like, you know, a film without you know, I'm only it's just an analogy. Um a film without swearing and then they say the F word. Mm. It and it has effect. much more yeah, impact. Yeah, yeah. 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 The, the Americans call it dropping an F bomb. Ah, it works. It really works. Or a C bomb, as it is nowadays. I think every, every time I see um, cachet, Michael Haneke's cachet. Yes. Yeah. Every time I see that, there's always the audience always go when it comes to the spoiler alert <laughs> neck cut bit. Yes. Because there's only one. Yeah, ah, it's not that kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> Great. You remember, you remember we used cachet in uh, Sunset yeah, Beach. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, we did, yeah. Yeah, I do remember. That was, that was, remember, that was quite heavy. And I didn't realise that was Michael Haneke. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. didn't and, know that. And again, from a sort of low budget point of view, uh, spoilers everyone, um, but you know, you, you, you handled the, I think the, the end scene the, the best way you could because because I did sort of think the first time I watched it I, I watched it again recently but I watched it a few years back mm. um, when, when I first met Simon and um, kind of you, you know it was, it was it was obvious that was coming I'm not saying the script was obvious or anything but you know that you'd got to that point and you guys were leaving in the car and you, you, you know we, we knew oh this is gonna and I thought to myself how the fuck is he gonna pull this off because I knew knew what was gonna happen there and I think, you know, you showed just enough, but not not too much. And it was a great note to end on, I think, with the, the screen to black and all that sort of thing. But obviously you used, a, I guess, a, those aren't post-production. That was, you used was, foggers, right, on set, did you? Or was right, it post-smoke? Um, well, the, the story behind that was in the scripts. When you see the car pull away, it was supposed to reveal uh, Martin tied to the chair in the yard. Oh, the thing was because it's out in daylight and everything. We just could not control the lighting. We couldn't come up with the, the you know the sunlight approaching it. So um, 
And that works lovely. Yeah. Seeing the, well, this is the, the thing. You know. Talking with, I have to say, um, Richard was a real godsend on this. You know, as much as we may have argued on it, we he was still he, he came up with some great lighting, and that was one of the effects he came up with. And he literally had two light stands with a, a polyboard attached to string, which with a light behind it, and he just slowly lifted the board up, and you see the light creeping up. Yeah. Now, I think originally you'd come up with a, an effect where as the sun was coming up, he was supposed to crack and stuff. Oh, yeah, But yeah. I think Sophie mm. applied that wrong with so because Oh, really? See, because you see it, you, when he wakes up, you see all the blotches and everything already. Right, right, right. I'm sure that you had sort of spoken to her on the phone yeah. about it. And yeah, yeah. But it worked. It looked I like they beat the them. shit out. Yeah, I mean, yeah. To, 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 <laughs> he had some really bad allergic reaction to me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and and the reveal of the the, the 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 fangs comes at just the right time yeah, and yeah. and all that. But, but did you have a smoke machine? Was that yes? Smoke? We used the smoke machine as you well. Did. But the the majority of it was the the apparatus to, to reveal the light coming in. And did you do any I've, post? Right. No, 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 no. All in camera. Um, I have to say, um, you know, it, it's one of these films where the reaction to it's quite weird. Um, Americans love it, and over here they they hate it for some reason. I don't know. And the we, film or the ending? The film. Um, and I sort of once the film was finished and I was trying to get it out there, a friend of mine. Uh, got me in touch with a podcast who they they reviewed it and um i can talk about it because this podcast doesn't run anymore and they're four guys and they go to the cinema and they talk about the film they saw and uh you know they reviewed my film as what they call part of their budget episode oh we're going down the bargain bin mm -hmm. you know and these guys have probably never seen a low budget film in their entire lives and they went Epic ending, fade to black, as if to say, oh, it should have seen smoke, or should have something should explode and stuff. And it's like, well, no, that's not the point of the film mm. at all. Mm. It's not. We're not Blade. No, exactly. Mm. You yeah. know. Yeah. I mean, what do they want? Some crappy CGI. CG fire or something. Yeah. But yeah. yeah um... And you know, they. I mean, they kept bashing the script, and you know, it, it annoyed the hell out of me because they weren't educated people. Mm. They really didn't know much that about films apart from what they saw all down the local multiplex, you know, films where the budgets were like 50 plus, 50 mm. million plus, mm. you know. So it was, I, and the fact that they kept referring to me by by name, sorry Simon, but da 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 da, I mean, it was just, it was really, it was hell of a gut punch. But then yeah, I went to uh, Orlando where um, we were shown at the um, uh, Spooky Empire and Freak um it's a freak show film festival and it went down really well there and Americans loved it because they saw it as like being a hammer film mm. oh cool yeah and was that did you have some intention of that when you built no. when you made I, it I've not seen a hammer film in my life before right. before making this film what? seriously yeah seriously what? I've, wow. I've, I've, I've kind of caught up now yeah and I kind of see what they're saying but oh. I, I, I but it, if it is a Hammer film, it's like a modern Hammer film, yeah. you know. But um, but now up to that point, I I've not seen a, a Hammer horror. I'm, what I've, I've caught up a lot. 
The horror channel. I saw Dracula and The Devil Rides Out. And, uh... Well, you've got that wonderful box set. That's yes. a whole other podcast. Um, <laughs> let, let's get on then before before we sort of go into reactions of the film and, yeah. and, and final comments and all that. I wanted to. I, we we haven't covered the post production side at all. So can yeah. can you sort of walk us through, talk us through sure. that that process? Well, uh, once we'd wrapped on production, um, I came back and started editing the film. And the first thing I realised was my computer was not good enough for it <laughs> because every shot was upside down. So I had to in post turn it the right way round, and on my iMac meant that I had to render every video and if I made a change I had to re-render so I actually took a loan out and got um, a Mac Pro got a tower was there the temptation for you to pass this to an editor no you always wanted to edit it yeah I, um, I've always been my own editor okay. uh, for a long time um, I have worked with other editors uh, but I enjoy the editing process. I, it's it's one of, it's a great joy to sort of get in there and start playing with it, playing with the scenes and stuff, because the scene with um, when Jane comes back after meeting Seth in the field, and she sees Martin lying on the bed on the couch, played out a lot different in the script, but in the editing, I was able to play with it and make it a bit more tense, you know. Mm -hmm. She only, in the script, she sort of leans over, cuts his neck, and then he wakes up. But I was able to make it longer. The whole idea of the police. <laughs> yeah. Damn, they found us. <laughs> so, um, what I was able to do was uh, make it longer. So the whole idea is the first time she cuts his neck she jumps back and he's still asleep mm -hmm. it's kind of like and then you see the fangs come out and so that was all done in editing so I did that I did the first cut and I remember as a joke I put the 20th century Fox logo at the beginning <laughs> 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 you know but at that point I was still hoping that we'd sell it uh, yes. <laughs> that 20th century no, Fox nothing like cut. aim and high oh indeed uh, and so uh, I showed the rough cut to I think I was to you and Stephen, wasn't it? Yeah. I thought the rough cut. Oh, yeah. I have to ask Ben, as as the writer, I mean, obviously, I know you've written and had other films produced as well, but when, when you saw this, you know, A, how different was it? And B, how did it sort of make you feel it's, as the writer? It's different, but it's always different. You have to yeah. kind of get on board with that, that it's not going to look like it does in your head. No one's ever going to do that. Um... And I felt good about the whole thing. My favourite thing was Pamela. I'm not gonna not gonna lie. And Pamela kind of, as a writer, Pamela taught me um, to look past the page a little bit because Pamela's character, I didn't feel was so great. And then I saw the film and I thought, oh no, it's amazing. She's really good. She's bringing something different to it. And from then on, I've always written a little bit differently for characters. 
thanks to Hamlet. It's a true fact as well. Well, that's yeah. right. You were saying that um, you, you couldn't get a handle on Alice. She was Alice was a device. Alice yeah. Alice was the thing that had to. She turned the the affair key and gets that whole thing mm -hmm. going, and she's kind of the thing there. And I was like, who is Alice? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know who she is. And then when I saw the film, I learned more about Alice from watching the film than I did from writing it. Um, it was really that was really interesting for me. Yeah. I have to ask you, Pamela, the, you being annoyed at um, Ted, was that being annoyed at Ted or was that being annoyed at Adam? Because it... it <laughs> <laughs> I am going to go the diplomatic route and say it was acting all the way. <laughs> That's was so well done. He was a lovely guy. He was a lovely guy. Yeah, but that, he that, is a lovely guy. He's not dead. That, so. that, that bit of that bit of business where you're he was a lovely guy, but now, <laughs> but, but that bit of business actually works quite well. You're talking about where you're sort of turning up to the party and you're outside and it's like, oh, oh, mm. you know, don't really want to. Well, we'll just just have a drink and be polite, or yeah. and then we can go. Whatever. I can't remember exactly some words to that effect, but that. That kind of, you, you felt something had happened 10 minutes earlier, you know, and, and it was. Yeah, I think that they're that thing. couple who just bicker all the time. They're just miserable with each other and they won't do anything about it, but, well, they can't now, they're dead, but, uh, <laughs> you know. Um, but they'd be the ones, you know, that would have a massive row in front of everybody and be really embarrassing and poor, you know, that kind of thing. Well, yeah. that, was, that was one of the joys of editing that scene, was just looking at Pamela's uh, reactions to when. Adam was speaking. Oh, sorry, Alice to Ted. <laughs> and so that, 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 a lot of that stuff actually stayed in. <laughs> you, you, you don't know the pain of having to ed edit Adam. Uh, every line started with, uh, so it was, and I had to edit that out. Um, now, <laughs> uh, <laughs> look, I'm, I'm sorry to rail on him, but... Um, no one likes to speak to this doctor on the phone. <laughs> He's left a voicemail. <laughs> it's 45 minutes long. Uh, Adam, Adam had gone out and done some research. Uh, he had spent time with the doctor, and the doctor had spoken really slowly, so he felt that's how the character should be. Yeah. And... Um, Adam's not a um, poor Adam. <laughs> we did put him through some stuff. Um, we there was a scene, a shot we cut out, and um, let's just say it was very embarrassing for Adam and for everybody else. Found it hilarious. I love the fact that when he's in bed on the phone, like what are you doing? He's fully dressed. Yeah. <laughs> Under the cover. Oh yeah, that was quite amusing. Yes, yes. What are you doing? Just wait for the to go. Yeah, well, what, what, made, what made me laugh was the fact he was going on about it's a bit late because it's it's like eleven pm or something. And it was like uh, I, I was kind of I had to admit I was a little bit. That was one of those scenes where I was like. Yeah, that's not the best scene, is it? <laughs> <laughs> spend, spend a week shadowing a doctor. Yeah. Don't take your clothes off when you're in the bed. Yeah. And go to bed really early. Yeah. yeah. Now, it was he, that kind of relationship. When it, when it came to his death, <laughs> I remember Adam telling me, I'm going to go out the same way I came in, quietly. Yes. Because yeah. 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 He, he, he didn't make much noise when he was being bitten and had all his blood trained off, yeah. did he? Uh, but but, the, but this brings up a actually a, a sto story point question. Um, am I right that in your original script, the whole thing about 
the character of Adam, Ted, sorry, let's yeah. call him Ted, um, he wasn't in with the sort of what they were doing, the drugging and the... Right, no, no. Is that right? Or... It, it, no? Kind of. Uh, he, he was the one providing the drugs, but originally he wasn't one of the punters. <laughs> And we, I, I came up with Did the idea... Did he get a discount for the drugs? <laughs> That's probably how they started it. Because it probably took a little bit of capital to I, set up. Yeah, but I mean, if you notice in the film, especially the scene where um, Ted goes, oh, where's Alice? Oh, not Alice, where's Jane? And he's very kind of... He, he looks upon her with kind of loving eyes. He, his character had a thing. And I came up with the idea of, of maybe he, should, he was one of... You know the original guys who did it, mm-hmm. and that kind of changed the the script, especially when it comes to the the scene where he kind of can you know well not confesses to Martin but confers with him about what they had done. Okay. You know, and um, and that's when Martin throws it at him that you know he had you know he'd been the original guy, he'd been the first first person to try this out. And stuff. Sure. No, absolutely. So, yeah. Um, I also think it's really important that we mention on this. Is it, can you talk to us a little bit about the uh, the sound design, the music, the grading, you know, all the sort of other post-production bits, just just so that there's no one that sort of gets left <laughs> out in this in this reunion. Yeah, if you like. Area Simon. I don't know, but okay. Yeah. Oh, Aria. Remember yes. your your second victim. Yes. Or Elizabeth. Yeah. Well. Oh. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Well, well, let's. Um, I'll, I'll quickly mention about that, and then I'll go to the prologue, which originally wasn't in the script. Mm-hmm. So, um, uh, so sound design was done by um, Marcelo Fosse, uh, who, again, I found through Mandy, and um, you know, he was just a. I, I remember seeing his show reel, and he he had this animation which he had sound designed the whole thing. It was just brilliant. I just loved it. And, uh, and he was really happy to come on board. And of course he came on and he did Wire Fight and Sans and Future mm-hmm. as well. He did the music for Sans and yeah. Future as well. Um, and then, um, and John I found uh, again through Mandy and just from his sort of showreel work and stuff, really loved what he did. And he did the, uh, the music for the second trailer which was, which worked really well, and also he did the music for the test trailer that I did with uh, the uh, Habeas Corpus, mm-hmm. which um, Clyde directed. Um, <clears throat> it was great working with those guys. Um, you know, we we went through that stuff quite quickly, and um, we had to come in and do some ADR. I forgot about that. Yes. You, do you remember we were trying to get a photograph, the three of us, Benjamin was there at the same time doing his ADR, and you couldn't stop blinking in between. I still photographs. can't. I'm like, get headshots done. Like, yeah. all of them. Sorry, that was me closing my eyes and opening my mouth. Because um, yeah, that's every photo. And that sounds really wrong. Which is worse. Um, yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, For mature like, audiences only. <laughs> So there is a photograph of the three of us with Ben proper keeping Holding eyes Holding my eyes open. Yeah. 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 I've got one photograph of your eyes open. Yeah. Yeah. It's a talent I don't have. Yeah. I mean... Gosh. It's kind of like this. 
This is radio. We can't see. Yeah. Yeah. Guys, it's funny. Yeah, yeah trust, trust us. Trust. Ben, Benjamin is hilarious yeah. here. <coughs> can he be yeah. so more hilarious? Yeah, scary, can he attractive? be more funny <laughs> and attractive? <laughs> but, uh... <laughs> so yeah, we did like a whole uh, lot of ADR, and I remember the final mix. We we worked through the night doing it. It was a it was a long long night we were doing it, and uh, the sort of next day we saw. Had the finished thing. And Why did I have to say fuck off in an English accent? Oh, um, that's because um, Etta disappeared. Could not find out what happened to Etta Bell, who, who's part. So, and I needed somebody to to play that bit where you can hear, when Jane can hear her running through mm. the, the fields and stuff. So. We got you to do it. I've been there. Fuck off. That's it. That's it. Fuck off, aren't you? I'm trying to bite my neck. <laughs> and what about um what about the you had a, some grading done on oh, as well, yes, yeah? done grading by Rob which uh, we Rob spoke, Wickens. Rob Wickens, which we spoke on the colour grading. Oh, you did? Yes, did, indeed. Yeah. We yes. spoke about that. There you go, plugging yet another episode. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, I just sort of extended it a bit, but um, uh, what Rob did, for those who didn't hear the, the podcast, he came in and he graded a few of the shots and sort of came up with a few sort of templates, which then I applied to a lot of it. And so... Did you put a LUT together? Like no, it was just before LUTs, really. Um, it was... I guess so, but not not in that sense. Yeah. The um, here getting very technical, but with, when it comes to grading, it's um, you can do like a still, and then what was applied to that still can then be applied to the other shots. Mm -hmm. And so I did a lot of that myself, and then Rob came in at the end and sort of went, or oh, maybe just tweak this a little bit, tweak that, but he didn't have to do that much. But I thought it would be really weird if it was just me as the grader and not Rob. Because Rob, came, you know, Rob came in and he was like the supervising grader, so I thought it, Rob should have like the, the sole credit for it. Okay. Yeah. Um, but in the middle of the editing process, I mean, we did the rough cut and we realised that we needed a new beginning. Ah, good, because I was going to ask you about yeah. this. Yeah, because okay. it it was a it was a, it was a good beginning, but. I felt that we needed to establish Seth a bit more. Mm -hmm. Got to say as well, the, the script for the prologue had more rewrites than the, <laughs> the actual <laughs> yes. script. Because we were coming up with oh, all different kinds of stuff. And, I mean, it was always the sort of same story, wasn't it? It was, it was yeah. always um, Seth was with a, a, another partner and she, he was trying to get her to feed, but it was always the location kept training, uh, changing and uh, the scenarios kept changing. So there was, I, I remember there was one with a car, with like a woman in the car or something. You know, I did, here's my memory. My memory is I wrote like five or six different yeah. prologues and then you put them together into, into, into what yeah. it is. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Hmm. So um, Stephen Cartwright let us use his flat to film um, the promo scene. And you, and you had a glamour model in this scene, right? No, Liz is no? not a glamour model. Oh, okay, no, sorry. Liz, 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 Liz no. Funny enough, right. Liz, Liz I'd met on White Admiral as well. Okay. Um, so I asked her if she was, you know, interested in doing this, and I told her up front what the role involved, 
and uh, she was okay with that. Mm. Yeah, I mean, it was, I mean, more or less a flash of nudity, really, not, you know, it wasn't full on or anything. Um, and then I auditioned actresses for the sort of the apprentice part, the, uh, the partner, and um, cast uh, Axel Caroline in the role. And uh, Axel Caroline's the, the wife of uh, British director Neil Marshall. So uh-huh. there was that, I have to say, that was partly the reason why I cast her, because I was thinking, oh, maybe Neil will turn out to be. Absolutely. <laughs> no, he didn't. They didn't. Um, <laughs> uh, I have to say, it's uh, one of those things I kind of regret doing, because she wasn't great. <laughs> okay. But I think, I don't know, I mean, Ben, you acted with her. What did you think? Um, what do I, here we go, memory. Um, once again, um, I remember. I mean, that particular shoot. Um, it was just so very, very chill, and it just seemed to have just a different atmosphere about it. And I think it's because the prologue was such a good idea. Mm-hmm. It really worked very well mm. for the the rest of the film. Well, more, so, like, more you in the film. Don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> what you're talking about? I, you know, it, it just, it just well, felt no, like a bit more like it. Yeah, yeah I mean, I mean yeah, it, yeah. it would seem having what you know. If I imagine the film without that, you do kind of the first time we'd see you would be in the pub, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So you'd kind of show up from nowhere a little bit. Yeah. So, so, so I think it just particularly as you didn't act particularly um, attractive as well. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, it, it was it was. That would attractive. You gave me an extra, you gave me another chance. Yeah. <laughs> more attractive. What was the joke on set? Was it Seth likes arranging dead bodies in bed? <laughs> that, was it. that was it. There was that photo, isn't there, of me lying between Yes, yeah, and... pointing at the pair of them. Yeah, yeah. who was I lying between, <laughs> lying between <laughs> to Her and her. Yeah. Whose name escaped me Liz for this minute right now. Um, it, it was just such a, such a bit of um, atmosphere because of the because it just made sense yeah you know and and yes it gave the character a little bit more scope um it also made the film feature length which i guess was an issue right because take that away and it would have been too short right well no feature length is this is over 60 minutes yeah oh is it i thought it was like 75 or something no no No, i mean even over 45 yeah I mean, even without the prologue, we would get about 75 minutes or so. I mean, we just scrape in 80 minutes. Yeah, which is which is a yeah. good length for yeah. a horror film, but I always feel if it's shorter than that, like occasionally at Fright Fest, they're a bit short, and you sort of think, well, that's not... So, okay. I don't want... I, I'm there, there are a couple more questions, and I don't want the listeners thinking, bloody hell, Keith did a really shit job of... Uh, you, you know, doing this, he didn't ask all the questions. Yeah. There's, a, there's another one from Clive. And I, it's never, from... I never answered Clive's first question. So. Did you not? No, no. <laughs> then please, please answer Clive's no, I, first I question. I can't remember what it was. But it was about the to... backstory of Seth. If, there's, if, if, if Clive's I, got two questions. Yeah, I, if I remember rightly, there's another question. From Clive there is, which I'm about to ask. Yeah. And this is for each person. Oh, so yeah. it is, what is the moment you are most proud of in the finished film? Um, my, I guess my work, the thing I did, you know, it, it looked, it turned out. It was always going to, yeah, it was always going to turn out well, but it just turned out better than I thought it would, which is a bonus, you know. Uh, 
So yeah, that that moment, the, the throat throat slit, it's pretty good. Cool. No, good stuff. Yeah. Pamela. I ooh, I don't even know where to begin. I'm gonna have to go with Andy's beautifully lit shot about dinner because you know it took so long to get there. But, uh, it was a beautiful thing. Benjamin. Um. I would have to say. Um coming from a purely acting point of view. You're doing an Adam impression here. I'm choosing my words carefully. He's here in spirit. Yes. So um, no, it's, it's, you know, a, an actor, you, of course, wants as much exposure as they can get. I didn't, my character didn't get much exposure in the film, but I think having watched the film, that's really cool. Mm-hmm. And it, you know, it was just enough, and that little subtle nuance was just enough. Even though I could have had more lines, I could have been on screen. You can have a sequel, can you? But yeah, you got a prologue. You don't need a sequel as well. You got a prequel. I think it was just. I think it was just enough. Yeah, you know. Um, cool, Ben. I'm gonna go with. There was one bit where Kane changed a line, and I don't know if he changed it because he um, wanted to change it or if he just read it wrong, but it was a different line to what was in the script, and I really liked that because I like getting my fingerprints taken away. I don't want like all me everywhere. And so Kane delivering this line different, it wasn't what I wrote. It was, it, was, it was the same feeling, but it was flipped around. It was much better. Than what I'd originally written, and you still get well. credit for it. I still get yeah. credit for it, I like yeah. and um, I, I, I really like liked it. I really, it just made me feel like, oh yeah, was it exciting? Do you remember what that was? It's him Sorry, coming into the bathroom. You should be in bed. You should be in bed, right? Yeah. yeah. And what was the line originally then? You shouldn't be out yeah. of bed or something <laughs> yeah. like that. It was just like, ooh, so dialogue. <laughs> yeah. It was also the way he delivered it. As yeah, well. he delivers it creepily, really, yeah. really creepily. Yeah. I keep turning away from the microphone every time I turn to Simon. <laughs> I'm talking to Simon. Yeah, he, he did that really well. Um, yeah, that was a, a real nice moment for me. Excellent. And, and Simon, for you? My favourite bit? The, the, the moment you're most proud of in the finished movie. I was just finishing it. <laughs> Sorry, it's such a. Well, the thing is, just glad it's over. Because <laughs> um, when we wrapped, I then had to drive a lot of people back home, oh and God. then drop oh. off the equipment, and then drop off the rental van. Yeah, we've and, all done that, mate. It's and horrible. Then, isn't it? then that next day, I didn't get out of bed at all. I just stayed in bed, so yeah. I was very happy when it was over. Um, part of the film that I liked. Um, and no, I, I, I personally liked it all. I mean, I, I got the best I could out of, out of it, uh, editing-wise and acting-wise. And, you know, you, you always think there's things you could do better, you know, there's different decisions and stuff. But, you know, we came out with it with a product that a film I thought was, you know, really well done. For what, the amount of money we had, the resources, yeah. you know, we didn't have a full crew there. And uh, everybody pulled in together and uh, got it made, and uh, you know it was it was a hell of a thing. Good. And there's one. I mean, I'm I'm going to wrap up with some questions as well at the end. But there is one more from a listener. This is from Ryan Cole, and he's asked, 
Would any or all of you like to work on another horror film together in the future? Yeah, I wouldn't say no. Yeah, of course. Of course. There you go. Yeah. So we just need, come on, Ben, write <laughs> yeah. it, and uh, <laughs> and I can I, I can be involved in this one. Maybe. <laughs> no. um, I, I mean, one one of the things I sort of want to say about this, uh, you know, is someone who wasn't involved with the production and sort of come and watched it afterwards. I mean, we talked a little bit on our Fright Fest podcast about the fact that um, when you go and see horror films at Fright Fest, there's there's some of them that you know. The production values are good. They've got some money on them. You know, they've got some named actors or whatever. But sometimes, you know, they're, they're, they're pretty shit script and, a, you know, not a great idea and not particularly well executed. <coughs> on the other hand, you do get some that are extremely low budget. Um, and, you know, some of the ideas and stuff are nice, but it, it, it isn't quite doesn't quite work and you know there's there's a lot of mistakes in there and stuff and and I think whereas Blood and Roses isn't a flawless film by any stretch of the imagination at the same time I think you know hats off to all of you guys because I think everything from the script to the way that it's made to the acting to, to, to the effects that are in it for what you had to work with um, I, I think it works really well and I, I know in our first podcast, Simon said a couple of times that he was envious of me because I'd wanted to make films since I was 10 and I went to film school in the US and all this sort of thing. But I've got to say, I'm actually quite envious of you because as a filmmaker, you know, I've only made short films. You've got a finished feature with a DVD with extras on it, a commentary track, which of course <laughs> I love. And, and, you know, it's out there on demand. It's out there for people to see. So, so you know... Um, all I can say is well done on achieving that and, and good work from all of you guys. Mm -hmm. And I'd work with any of you, you know, I, I, I think, I think it's, it's good material and rewatching it again did make me sort of think, oh, actually, you know what, this is pretty good, you know, mm -hmm. considering what mm -hmm. you had to work with. And, it's, and it's I hope it gets, it's gaining a renaissance as well. Well, I'm glad, I'm glad sort of, you know, nearly a decade on that it is, it is getting, um, an audience now through the, the on-demand um, yeah. model well, through Amazon Prime. Well, let's do that. I mean, we've yeah. got to the point the film's finished, so we've we've had the screening. Yeah. Um, uh, down in Bermondsey. Yeah. <laughs> oh, lovely <laughs> Bermondsey. We had two screenings. We had like cast and crew screening, and we had like friends screening afterwards. And uh, I started sending it out to festivals, and I got into it. About three, <laughs> got into Portobello, uh, got into Freak Show, and got into Cornwall, which was, I have to say, I was treated very well at Cornwall. Mm. Smallest festival, uh, they paid for my train down there, accommodation. Really? Yeah, great. Did you try Fright Fest? I have to ask. Yes, I did try Fright hmm. Fest. I find that curious because I've seen, I've certainly seen some films at Fright Fest that aren't as good as. Blood and Roses that have yeah. had screenings yeah. in Discovery yeah. screenings. Yeah, so. uh, I was able to get a DVD to the organisers, each one of them, and I don't even think they watched it. So true. Mm. So, okay. Oh, well, moving on. Sorry, anyway, tell so, us the positive so, bit. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, uh, once word was out there that this film was finished, uh, I had a few um, distributors get in touch and I would look at their website and you remember when we were talking to um, 
Charles de Lazarica yes. about his film and how he said these distribute he look at the distributors' sites and they just look really poor. Yes. Well, I had the same situation. I'd get contacted by these distributors and, um, you know, you'd look at their site, the films they were distributing, you go, no, no thanks. Uh, the, the one that I wanted and was, it came out of the blue was Ghost House Underground. Okay. And Ghost, it's a subsidiary of Ghost House, which is owned by Sam Raimi. Wow. Yeah. Oh, of course, yes. Yeah. yeah. I just saw, what was it, Don't Breathe, yeah, love, which, which love is that produced movie. by Ghost yeah. House Pictures. Yeah. So, uh, Ghost House Underground is like their DVD arm, you know, straight sure. to DVD stuff. I thought, wow, that'd be brilliant. And I sent it to them, and I got a reply back from them, and they said, we love it, we just don't know what to do with it. Oh. Which my reply was maybe try Sell distributing it? Yeah. distribute the money. Uh, I got no reply. <laughs> so yeah. their decision had been made. Yeah. Um, see, what I hadn't realised was timing wise, we were f- we came out in the middle of the recession, and they weren't spending the money on films. They weren't buying films as much as they used to, because. Um, I remember before we filmed Blood and Roses, the general wisdom was if you make a horror film, you can sell it. Mm. Yes. So that was one of the reasons why making a horror film. And that was the fact that it's a genre I love as well. Despite having never seen a Hammer film. Shush. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen horror films. <laughs> yeah, Mike Tack will be very disappointed in you, Simon. <laughs> um, so... After sort of a year of trying to find distribution, um, I found, uh, it was weird, it was a film that um, Richard Wood had actually been a DOP on, uh, called Stag Night Living Dead, and they were distributing their film on Dynamo Player, and I thought, oh, this is interesting, you know, you upload it to their site and people pay to watch it, I'm going to try that, so I put it up there for a bit. And uh, we did all right, you know, we had a few views that way. And then I got contacted by Indie Flicks and they wanted the, the film. And so put it up on there and uh, there was no one called Without a Box. Uh, and then um, Crate Space came along and, um, and that way you could sort of put DVDs up for sale in the States. Not in this country, but the States. So um, I did a lot of paperwork and stuff and sort of six months later was distributing the film over the states and was doing it, it did quite well on dvd and video on demand and then this year um create space was then moved over to amazon prime uh, amazon video on demand and just open up the marketplace not to the u just not just to the us uk japan and germany and it's actually been doing very well <laughs> well, the, good, the good thing is it doesn't look too dated mm. yeah that 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 is that is you, you know yeah. one of the one of the good things about it is you know you're not having to deal with the whole sort of technology and mobile phones and all yeah. that mm. you, you really don't go there so yeah. it, it doesn't look too dated i'll tell you one thing that drives me crazy though okay is when they arrive at the uh at, at the place, yeah, and he gets all of the bags at the back, but he doesn't put the bloody tailgate down yeah. on the car, and I'm just like, he hasn't shut the boot. They're going in the car, and he hasn't shut the boot. But, uh, yeah, well, I mean, like... he's, 
there was more luggage in the back there, you know. You oh, he so came much. back. Okay. Came back. Yeah, fair. Enough. Fair I mean, answer. You, you think something so? like something like this has occurred to me. So he went to see Sky. We've all seen um, Skyfall, right? Yeah. yeah. Oh, this is, I cannot suspend. We've, we've I cannot suspend my disbelief. You cannot slide down the escalators no. on the tube stop. Oh, without I don't care if you're James buttons. Bond. You can't do it, yeah? But and it's he cool. slides down and I might have been in the cinema and gone, No, James Bond! You can't do that! Yeah? Yeah. Anyway, sorry. No, that's... that's <laughs> I, 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 love the, I love the fact that in that scene in Blood and Roses that you, 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 you sort of hone in on the, the boot. Yeah, dude, you, got yeah, you were trying to get the bushes, the wind the magic to, wind. to go. Yeah, right? we were trying to get the, the wind to blow in, <laughs> in Jane's hair. I mean, we had fans and everything, and none of it was working. So in the end, we went, sod it, we're not going to do it. And then the wind blew. Hey, that magic like, moment. It was like, wow. Yeah, no, I'm being ridiculously yeah, nitpicky. Um uh, what what I'd like to do just because because of course as usual Simon we're, we're at feature length this <laughs> as well which which is great it's why people love our podcast right um, but I do want to sort of ask each of you actually um, sort of where where if our listeners want to see any of your work you know where they can find it but also what what's next for you what what are you guys working on actually now? I have a question oh I have go a for question. it guys. Did this film actually help your careers? As a learning curve, definitely. Um, because I've never done any filming before. I haven't done a huge amount of filming since. So So not that much then. It's interesting, isn't it? Mm. Like, like, because I said just a moment ago, it's got a renaissance, mm. yeah. right? So, I mean, yeah, we made the film years and years ago. But now it's just come out on Amazon Prime, mm. right? Mm. So if someone was then to ask, I can say, oh, well, one of my films has just come on Amazon Prime, as a matter of fact, yeah? And of course, how that, you know. It's a year dot for these people as well. They're discovering it for the first time. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And if, like, it hasn't hasn't aged because we don't have that, Mm -hmm. you know, we didn't, the technology problems weren't in there. Um, So, yeah, I mean, it it certainly can. Mm. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, I and should have a chat with some now. more independent filmmakers I know and encourage them to do this with some of the work that's sort of stagnant out there. So so sorry. So what what's yeah. what's Brendan, what's next for you? And how can people find you if they want to um, learn more? I'm currently working at Elstree Studios. Um, I've just done a bust of a uh, bronze bust of Steven Spielberg. Oh wow! I was actually supposed to meet so you've him. You've met the man. No, I was supposed ah. to meet him, but it schedule his schedule wouldn't permit. I've just found it. I was like, <clears throat> but uh, yeah, I got to do a bronze bust of him, which was commissioned by the studios. So um, I mean, they've already got Hitchcock, they've already got George Lucas, and now they've got Spielberg, and that's oh that's God. the one. That, that's very cool. And they all they yeah. all they all say that they think it's the favourite. So far, which oh, is that's, that's nice. congratulations. Yeah. That's well done. Obviously, we've got a very in-depth Steven Spielberg podcast if anyone wants to go and check that out I'll tell you what though I've just realised I've asked you in the wrong order because nobody's going to be able to top that (laughs) (laughs) and how can people find you if they want to see more of your work Facebook I guess I don't I'm rather terrible for self-publicity I don't have a website but Facebook I'll remedy that at some point Um, I'm I'm doing a short film at the moment um, Ghost Story 
which I'm shooting. And uh, Simon, actually, that's how you're, that alludes to your question. You inspired me, actually, because, you know, you shoot your own stuff and the way you brought your the resources together on Blood and Roses, that inspired me, you know. And it's that's kind of made me... your question kind as well. Of, yeah, it really did. So, based on that, I'm doing my short films now and um, and, uh, and it's so far... So far, actually, I heard you say, uh, Ben, um, about how it, does it how does it look in your head? The difference between how it looks in your head and how it looks uh, the the film. Um, well, so far, um, it looks the shots I've got. Touch wood. Um, I, it looks exactly as it does in my head. So so far, it's uh, pretty good. And, um, and what's this film called? It's called This Old Man. That's the working title. Based on the you know the children's um, nursery one, which rather sadly was got used way after I'd even written it in um, in Conjuring Two. That the actual song got right. used in that context. Yeah, totally ripped me off. Um, <laughs> um, that's my that's my uh, version anyway. And, and um, regards to makeup effects, I'm um, just waiting on projects, and I'm teaching as well. I'm teaching digital digital modelling. Um, right as in digital model making uh, yeah. for, for visual effects. And I'm also teaching makeup as well. Wow. So it's quite sort of, it's quite full. Loads you know. going on. Well, and that's, just, that's how I met Virginia. Oh yeah, of course. Pupils, yeah. Right. Yes, yeah, exactly. Okay, yeah, yeah, who we've all worked with. Uh, I, I mean, we'll be able to keep people sort of updated on absolutely. the progress with oh. your film via the podcast, I'm sure. Yeah, so. oh, absolutely. I've got a This Old Man page on Facebook as well. Oh, okay, so they go to This Old Man. Yeah, This Old Man. On Facebook. Yeah. Fabulous. Pamela. I've kind of gone back to my roots and I'm doing a lot of theatre stuff. Oh, I thought you were going to say Ginger. Oh, Sorry. They, made, they made me go brown. Um, yeah, my agent made me go brown. Uh, anyway, um, yeah, so I'm currently in rehearsals for a play festival, doing two plays in that, and then I'm going back to Ireland for a couple of months to do some new writing over there as well. So I'm, if anyone happens to be in Kilkenny in November, uh, you can come and see me there. And I have to ask, is, is, is that... Is, is theatre where your real passion lies? Um, yes. I mean, I enjoy filmmaking, but theatre is what I love, and that's why I became an actor, and that's, I get that thrill from being on stage and having the interaction with the audience, and you get feedback immediately, and yeah. I find it quite strange in filming that you don't get that, and you do everything out of context, and yeah. I find that quite difficult, because I'm used to following the character's journey the whole way through each time, and... For me, that's part of the joy. Of it's it's, why I it's do the actor's medium as opposed exactly. to the director's medium. Yeah. But presumably, you do more film work. Oh if God, it yeah. Came up. yeah, absolutely. And I, I did a short film last year that's uh, doing the festival rounds at the moment, so it's been picking up a few little awards here and there. What's the short called? It's called The Order. It's about the IRA. Oh yeah, I've got a lovely Northern Irish accent in it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's it's uh, picked up a few like best screenplays and stuff, so it's doing quite well. And and how do people find you if they want to if they if they hear this voice and say that sounds perfect <laughs> we for our her. film? Um, Facebook, Casting Call Pro, Instagram, you know, spotlight, take a spotlight, absolutely, Fish Pond in Ireland. Oh yeah. Fabulous. I'm sure we'll have IMDb links oh, yeah. to this yeah. film yeah. with the podcast notes. So Benjamin, you're a yes. man who's always got stuff going on, so tell yeah. us about it. Well, um, I did uh, a, um, a feature film 
this time last year, not thinking too much about it, and I was just brought on board to do the fight choreography, and the um, and I was the main opponent. There are two fights um, at the beginning of the film and at the end, and I'm the opponent in both fights. Um, an Hollywood film called Oxford Gardens, um, and it has having its European premiere in um, BAFTA next week. Oh, wow. And so um, under under Screen Nation, so yeah, that took me a little bit by surprise. Um, so yeah, a bit from left field, and it was actually at the same time that I noticed that um, Blood and Roses had come on Amazon, which is why I mentioned so earlier. You, I can quickly say, oh yeah, well this is happening as well. <laughs> yeah, go yeah. and watch this if people are interested. <laughs> and of course, um, you're involved in Modern Love as well because truth, you were yes. in the first film of. Yes, without yeah. subtitles, which um, which um, sign I did. Yes, which we that was still a while ago. Wasn't that it? was uh, 2012. 2012, 2012, 2012 when we finished it. 2011, we shot it. Yeah. Shit, yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, so that's yeah. next year. That's uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, if all goes to plan, it should be. Uh, yeah, we won next year. We won some awards for that, did, which was best, best original short story. Well, you yeah. were the screenplay. Yeah. 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 They're just trying to compete with yours. <laughs> <laughs> they're, 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 they're trying to compete. For crying out loud, read the credits. Yeah. Look, I don't win many awards. Why? Wait, yeah, so that um so so that's going on. Um um and uh, and that's all I'm focusing on at the minute. Okay. Um because we're having the red carpet thing. Apparently I'm gonna be interviewed. Ooh. Nice. So yeah. I've gotta mentally prepare myself for that. And if people Because I shout a lot. <laughs> no way. Yeah. Um, and, if, and if people want to find your work, do they go to Could I Be More Handsome or whatever it is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that, I'm probably on some <laughs> corner of King's Cross. Uh, <laughs> if you, um, um, it's the same thing, you know, I'm IMDb, Casting Call Pro, um, Spotlight, um, find stuff on there. There's a lot of stuff on YouTube and um, you can see too. And in fact, I don't know why I did this the other day, yeah, but if you Google Benjamin Green, <laughs> I'm on the first page. <laughs> so I'm like, yeah, man, there you go. Wow, there um, you go. So it wouldn't take you long to find me. However, I am the third Benjamin Green on IMDb. Benjamin Green, the third. The third. <laughs> yes. Wow. And, and that cocky rolling slope. Better than the fourth. <laughs> there you go. And Ben, what about you? Oh, I'm doing lots of things at the moment, but... Like trying to dream and talk. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm always doing lots of things. So I'm working on a sci-fi series with a production company called The Boto House. Um, uh, this kind of dirty sci-fi, keep pushing it as, called Enter Lacuna. Working on an LGBT web series, which has been fascinating for me. Mm -hmm. so it's a, a whole different thing. Mm -hmm. With a, um, a team of writers. And we mm -hmm. meet up every now and then and have meetings about stuff. Um, working on a sequel to a feature film that I made um, that's been fun and I'm doing something else in there yeah oh there's some script you wrote called Drink oh yeah yeah yeah, right, I, yeah <laughs> oh yeah. recently wrote a script for Mr Simon Aiken and oh yeah and two others for me as well um, actually yes so, yeah. we're supposed to hear something about that soon aren't we November oh okay yeah <laughs> no yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that, that 
is all I think that's about it it's quite a bit though and, and if people want to like find keeping busy find if, people, if people want to try and find me they can buzz off if people want to find <laughs> my work yeah Vimeo and IMDB and all that kind of stuff but people can try looking for me on Facebook but that apparently I'm really hard to find well okay mm. you know it's all there in the writing, can we say? Um, and Simon, uh, first of all, how can people find Blood and Roses? <laughs> oh, well, we've got to do the plug again. Uh, it's on Amazon Prime. It's on. Uh, Which territories is it available in? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's in, available in the UK, US, Japan, and Germany. <laughs> uh, yes, yeah, so it's available on Amazon Prime. It's on. No, it was on Indie Flix, but it's disappeared. Uh, I'll have to have a word with them about that. They updated their system recently. I did get in touch with them. They said, oh, we'll put it back up and still nothing. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Um, and apart from sort of co-hosting a, a genius award-winning podcast, uh, what what else do you, are you have you got going on? Um, well, uh, I am still currently in production on my second feature called Modern Love, which has been in production since 2011. Yeah, still going. Uh, hopefully finished this year. Uh, we're four stories away, so, um, you know, fingers crossed it gets done. It's just, it's, a, it's one of those projects that uh, I went into it knowing that it would be a case of uh, I would shoot whenever I'd have the money and stuff. And of course... Uh, those who listen to the podcast know that money for me at the moment is quite tight. Uh, um, I also um, put forward a feature into um, the BFI uh, microwave scheme, uh, of written by Ben Williams and produced by Keith Wiles. Finally. So um, scary. Yes. So we're waiting to hear back from them on that one. Uh, should hear in November if we get into. Uh, the first round Fingers or crossed. not yeah yeah and um and of course um always sort of looking for that next project as well mm. so um you know i've sort of been doing some music videos and stuff recently as well just sort of yeah. keep going and you know there was one with a dancing person in it <laughs> I saw, I saw that. Don't know anything he's talking about. <laughs> uh, if you if you want to find my work, simply go to YouTube and put in British Isles. That's E Y L E S, as in my last name. And there's some films that I wrote, produced, and directed for viewing pleasure or not. Um, and if you want to find this podcast, Simon's way better at telling you where you can find all of that than me. Well, I'm not Keith, prepared. You can find this podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, YouTube, and all good podcast providers. <laughs> uh, you can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Just search Movie Heaven, Movie Hell. And if you're on iTunes or Stitcher, please leave us a review and a rating. Yes, uh, please do. We need them. Uh, so yeah, that, that just leaves me to say thank you to everyone here for uh, you know coming back together for this special celebration reunion of Blood and Roses. Uh, just to tell all of our listeners, 
go and fucking buy a copy of Blood and Roses. <laughs> yes, you bastards! <laughs> even, even though we've ruined it completely for you with every spoiler you can imagine. Hopefully they paused it. And yeah, I hope, I hope you came Before back to this. Yeah. And um, yeah, like, like they're still listening. <laughs> and um, no, we thank you. And we, we will at some point, I promise, get back to our regular <laughs> episodes of uh, Movie Heaven, Movie Hell. So thank you very much.